everybody and welcome to Show Hoppers Lost, Season 2, Episode 1, Man of Science, Man of Faith. I'm Kirk, joined by my former high school teacher, Mr. Sal. Hello there. As he likes to say that, the great Ethan quote. Um, I've seen some of the series, uh, I've seen all of the season, I'll say that, and Mr. Sal, this is his first time watching through Lost, uh, and he's loving it, it's probably his favorite TV series in history, and uh, if that's not too far to say. It's a little hyperbolic. I, Just a little, though. That's what I like I, to hear. Well, Just a little hyperbolic. I am loving it. I, uh, I It's not my favorite. Like, Yet. Okay. It's Yet. not the leftovers. It's not the leftovers. It's not six feet under. Like, But I, I am loving it. And I bet you were loving this episode. So if it's for whatever reason you haven't watched season one, which you really should because this is season two. You should watch our podcast, season one podcast. Uh, we guess each other's ratings, typically. Well, I guess his ratings, he guesses my ratings on uh, the Leftovers podcast. That being said, I think, Mr. Sal, you really liked this episode. I think it gave you some payoff, and you're excited for more payoff. The question is of your rating. I'm just, I'm saying you gave it a 9. Yeah, I did. I loved this episode. <laughs> loved it. Like, I ate it right up. Nom, nom, nom. Yeah, I, I knew you'd like this episode. I'm happy, I'm happy the payoff. It was delicious for you. And, uh, would you say, so compare this to season one, we just, we just had a recap episode. Yeah. If you had to rank it among the season one episodes, also I gave this a nine too, but if you had to rank this among the season one episodes, what would you, um, this would probably be my favorite episode. Yeah. Okay. That's I mean. I would agree. This is my favorite episode today as well. So I agree. Yeah. Let's see. But yeah, this is just, and that is, that's not easy for me to say because this is a Jack episode. It is a Jack episode. Listen, I think you're going to love this season, okay? Uh-huh. You're going to eat this season right up, Mr. Sal. I'm telling you, like, this this episode is fantastic. <laughs> and and it is, uh, it went, th- this episode went farther in getting me to like Jack as a character than the entire 25 episode arc of season one. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm happy you like Jack. I'm sure Lindelof is happy you like Jack. Uh, it I'm was sure awesome. Jack's happy you like Jack. It, listen, yeah. it's a great episode. There's a lot of small things. Um, we see some Australian presence in this episode. We we do. And by that uh, person, that's Australian. So there, there's a <laughs> callback. Uh, something that that is of great importance to Mr. Sal. He holds Australian very high regards. Do I? Yeah. You'll seem to point it out in the leftovers. Well, Leftovers Season 3 is set in Australia. Oh, well, there you go. What a connection. <laughs> there you go. Wow. Amazing. I didn't even know myself. Oh, amazing. I should We're pay more attention. Last season. Yeah. Whoops. But, I, uh, I suppose in your defense, uh, we have only covered two episodes set in Australia. So You're right. Probably going to be more. I mean, I, I could sense this probably. Anyway, I'll, I'll wait for the Leftovers talk in the Lost podcast. We're here with... The best episode of Lost so far, and a premiere episode, which is a good sign when a premiere episode is a really good episode. That is, it, it is so good. <laughs> that means you're excited for what's to come for the season, typically. I am, and I'll tell you, I happened to listen to our Do No Harm podcast today, and I was not as high on, as on Do No Harm as at the beginning of the podcast as I was at the end of the podcast. But this episode makes me even higher. I do no harm. I tell you, the Christian Jack storyline is delivering. So good. 
Jack's, Jack's, Jack's like flashback storyline gets it, it ages like a fine wine. As you get to know it, right? Like at first, it's not that great. Yeah. As you get to know Christian and his relationship with Jack, even Sarah's not all that bad. When we no. see Sarah's here, we see Sarah again. Yeah. Uh, and we know the outcome before it really even starts. By the first flashback, you know Sarah's going to make a recovery. We know, I love that. We know how this ends. It's not yeah. like a. You know, it's like the Titanic. You know, you know. Yeah. Spoiler alert! It crashes. But. <laughs> I, I love that. I love when series do this where I know the outcome and I'm just being shown how they got to that point. Yeah, you're sort of seeing the ride and it's, it's a yeah. good ride. And I think they do a good connection between the flashback and the present day. Yeah. Let me tell you something. Christian doesn't seem like all that bad a guy. Not. Seems not... like a pretty good guy. I mean, in this flashback, he does. I mean, we can talk about that. Well, I mean, if I if I go back through, I mean, he was obvious. He seems like a real jerk in uh, White Rabbit. Yeah. Then in what was the second one? Oh, all the best cowboys have daddy issues. Real jerk. Real jerk. Yeah. Do no harm. I loved him. Thought he was a great guy. Like this is a good dad. Right? Well, th- th- that presets both the other ones, and this one presets all of those. So we... it it does. So so uh, we, we can we know we knew from I do no harm that Jack's and Christian's relationship deteriorates, yes. probably due to the events. I mean, Christian's drinking, but also due to the events that happen in all uh, the best cowboys have daddy issues. You know, he drinks. There's just a huge debacle, and he he kind of botched the surgery he shouldn't have, and that's probably the killing blow to it. But you know, but wait, this this uh, flashback series shows how close these two because they don't seem at all to have any sort of animosity towards each other. Not at all. And, and it is super hype when you see them uh, talking. I will it, ask you. Oh, it, well, it is also worth worth noting though that the very first thing we saw Christian of Christian was when Jack was like nine or ten, and Christian was a real. Oh jerk. yeah, you're right. When, when he like some bullies uh, beat up yeah. his friend, and he that's true too. Where he's a real jerk in that, but he kept saying, "You don't have what it takes." Like I mean, so. There's there's some complex stuff going on here between Jack and Christian, uh, but Christian is is like the most interesting character who's not on the island. Although you know what, we don't know where his body is. <laughs> I, I can't let go of that. I really want to know where his body is. Very interesting, Mister Sal. Normally you you split up your rating. I do between uh, flashbacks, side story, main story. Yes. Uh, well, obviously, the flashback and main story, I think, are quite um, obvious. The Hatch storyline and then flashbacks. What's the side story to you? Is it Shannon? Yeah, I, I mean, it's so minimal, though. It is very minimal. Like, very, what is that, a total of, like, three minutes of the episode? I, I, listen, they got to they gotta show that the other characters on the island still exist. Yeah, and so I that's that was the lowest rating that I gave to any of the three components. I gave that an 8 out of 10. I mean, but Walt isn't <laughs> I, that's that's why it was an eight and not a seven. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, Walt Walt was in there, which is great, but it was it just wasn't it just didn't do much of anything. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, it, it it set up this idea that either Walt is a ghost, Walt is projecting himself, or Shannon is seeing things. Like those those are really the three options, I think. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but and it also there's more conversation on whether the others how real they are. Who you spoke about, Lena? Who lit that fire? Was it Russo? Was it the others? Mm-hmm. You know, I'm Shannon. not sure how this 
how this relates to that. But it does. Oh no, I was, the other question is on that storyline because um, what's that? Charlie and Shannon get in an argument about what oh. she heard, right? What she claims to see. Charles, yeah. So I gave that an eight out of ten. I gave the stuff, uh, the flashbacks, nine out of ten. These are I really like these flashbacks. They're really good flashbacks. Yeah, I, I like I say, this episode went a longer way toward my enjoyment of Jack as a character than the previous twenty five episodes did. So all you know, all together, um, and the main story, the Hatch, ten out of ten. So good. I'm glad you like the Hatch. I'm glad the Hatch payoff was. At least somewhat adequate. I mean, made yeah. you uh, made you pleased, and there's still a, a lot more questions you have regarding the hatch. Of course, more that'll be answered next episode. <laughs> they can't they can't answer everything, Mister Sal. Because they'll stop no, watching. Okay. No, that's fine. So, yeah, I'm happy you liked it. So, do you want to start getting into it? Just yeah, the beginning part. Yep, let's do that. So, so the beginning part uh, where we see this man wake up. There's a computer beeping. He types something and hits execute. Yeah, so stop sweeping. Right. So there, first of all, there's a computer. There's a computer, and he lives in a pretty nice place. Because then we see him just basically get ready for the day. Right. He puts yeah. on uh, a song, which you're going to hear the song over and over again. Oh, uh, make your own kind of music. All right. I'm gonna need to. I believe so. If I'm not mistaken, I'm pretty sure we hear this more uh, than well. At least I heard this, and I got like, I I just remembered the song. So I love how disorienting this is. Because you don't know if this is on the island in a flashback. You don't know if this is present day or if this is like 40 years ago. Because you see this computer that's running on, I don't know, that's not even DOS. I don't know what that is. That, yeah, very old hardware. Yeah, you know, it's got an execute button, which I've never seen in my lifetime. It's all terminal based. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, he's, he's playing records, he's not playing CDs or even tapes. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, it's it's it looks like it could be set in the late seventies, probably the late seventies, mm-hmm. you know, maybe early eighties, and it's so it's really disorienting. Is it a flashback? What what is this? Uh, I, I we don't know who this is. Uh, I, my original guess was is this? Uh, for some reason, I thought it might be Locke. Like as, in as the, the in the future in the oh no, like in the past as a very young man like okay so you didn't even think that this was in the in the hatch at all no no I thought okay. I, I was thinking flashback I actually had written flashback and then I had to cross it out like, <laughs> so so we see that it, he's getting ready for his day you know he exercises prepares some food in his blender uh, plays this music you know, showers does everything and then he goes and gives himself a shot I mean. This is a terrifying needle. Yeah, 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 and like you know, there's a lot on. So, so did that? Is that where? Because right before, right after the shot, we hear like the large thud. Right. It really, uh, the shot is what changes the whole mood of the scene. For sure. From this whole happy, cheery stuff. So when he took the shot, what did your mind change to? Or were you still on? Then I was just disoriented. Then you're disoriented. You didn't know what was going on. Wait a minute. Okay, I don't think this is a lock, because lock. First of all, worked in a toy store. He can't afford this place, and the, the stock <laughs> of saying? of these gigantic needles, uh, and the, the, this injection gun, and uh, yeah, this is this is not Locke, and this is I don't know where we are or who we're with. 
or when we are right now. Yeah, definitely. But those answers are very quickly answered. We hear yep. you know, a large stud, and this mystery man puts on kind of like a, I don't know, like, it's kind of like a working overall. I don't know what you call the suit that he's wearing, like a maintenance type of suit, like. It's coveralls. Coveralls? There they go. Yeah, cover, yeah that's actually it. Yeah. Yep. He wears a coveralls. He gets armed, takes like a gun. Uh-huh. And he, he like preps, the, he like turns off the lights. Yep. In the facility. And then he uses, and we see this later on too. And I, I, I'm sure you, I see it maybe confusing someone at first viewing, but I'm sure you could make great sense of it. He uses a telescope and he has a mirror system. I love it. <laughs> to to look through it, which is such an old-timey solution to not having a security footage camera. It yeah. Because clearly, we can see from this, this place was built a long time ago. You know, it has uh, this old computer system, has you know, uses vinyl. Uh, so he has this quasi-security system, which uses mirrors, him flashing a light at it, and using a telescope to look through them all, and the mirrors can move. So they move in such a way that he mm-hmm. can see all the way up the hatch. That's and and d- looking down is Locke and Jack, what we saw at the end of last season when they blow it up and look down the hatch. Yep. So now we know where we are. We are um, present time just in the hatch's point of view. Yeah. Is that pretty satisfying, Mr. Sal? Like, I, is that so... what you wanted to see? I knew you liked this intro of just, it's, you really want to so... see what's in the hatch? There's something that's going on in the hatch there. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's a it, person down there. It, yeah. it seems like only one, but maybe more. Who knows? We, yeah. I, it, it seems like only one. But uh, yeah, th- once I heard the explosion, I was like, oh, crap, are we in the hatch right now? <laughs> so it is It is something else. I, I love how, you know, the big question for the season is what is down the hatch for the most part? You know, and also, well, there's a lot of questions. That was probably our biggest complaint with the finale was how many questions they left in the air. Biggest one, what's down the hatch? And they start the season off with, well, here's a good look at what's down the hatch. <laughs> yeah. So I, I go back and forth about whether this is this scene is best suited here in the premiere of season two or in the finale of season one. And I, that's, a, that's a good question. Because I, 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 I love it here. I think it's better time. Like it, it, it feels better here. But would it have added it enough to the finale? It's had it there, or I would think, it just lead to more questions? I think if this scene had been in the finale, I'd have given the finale a ten out of ten. Okay, but would it have ruined the premiere here? Uh, I, I don't know if it would ruin it. I think it's this still could have been a nine. Okay, okay. I I question putting it in the premiere. I wonder is that more questions? Like why is uh, what's this man doing down here? Or what what's up with all this like nice stuff? What, yeah, you know, it, 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 but it does give you at least some answers. You know, it's always good to give some answers, even if they lead to uh, more questions. You know what's really interesting too. Well, I guess no, because that that explosion when they blew up the hatch. I'm just thinking of this now. That was like dead of night, like. Mm-hmm. It wasn't that much after Darkfall. Yeah, and he was asleep. Well, we don't know how much of his day it's been. Well, oh, I see what you're saying. Like, like you know, it's kind of like a timeline. He gets up, does his stuff, works out. But you are right. Maybe we don't know what cycle he's on. Does he ever leave the hatch? Right. Does he just live in the hatch? What does he do, like, in this hatch? Uh, we saw him do something with the computer, but 
still nothing quite like he wasn't at it beeped and he did some stuff and then he just kind of went about his day so we don't really know what his purpose is he injected himself with something so but you're right now maybe he has some weird so does he leave the hatch we don't know does he have a regular schedule right right yeah yeah that's true these are all valid questions uh and Having seen this, did you think back to when Locke saw down the hatch with uh, the light showing or shining? So, what having seen what? Seen... Just this part. Had you thought about back to that at all? I just to yeah, yeah, I did. I, I did think about it, and but didn't he shine the light up the tunnel? In this he does eventually. Not not okay. in this moment. He does not shine the light up. But yeah, he, he shines it when Kate's spawn. When Kate's down there. Yep. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I, I thought, huh, what? Does that mean? I actually thought. Does that mean that this guy did that because Locke was there? Did he know Locke was there? Do you know what I mean? It was the was the shining of the light in response to Locke's pleading, or does he regularly shine the light to see what's going on? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh wait, there's a guy over there. That would be crazy. So, yeah, and was he prepared? Did he know they were coming? We'll see. Right. Uh, more answers follow <laughs> the next episode. Uh, but moving on. Oh, anything else? I'm just this intro bit. I could probably talk about this for another. It hour. is a great scene. This is a great scene. Yeah. It is. It is a great way to introduce uh, the hatch and what's inside, because it, they hit us with this, and it's not till like the latter half of the episode we finally go down the hatch officially. Yeah. So it's exactly. still like another big tease, like who's this man? What is he doing in the hatch? Like are they gonna go down the hatch at all? So it's it's still they're still holding out on us. But yeah. I will say I'm pretty proud of myself. I identified who this guy was as soon as he told Jack I'll see you in another life. Oh, another. you did it. You did identify him. Good on you. As soon as he said that, I was like, Oh <laughs> this is the guy. <laughs> <laughs> good on you keen keen uh keen eye so uh move, so moving on uh yeah. we're, we're we're outside the hatch and hurley just repeating the numbers a lot like leonard did right yep. and complaining how they're all dead and kate jack Locke looking down the hatch and jack sides with hurley that they shouldn't go down the hatch but for a different so here we kind of have four people all Two don't want to go down, two want to go down, but for different reasons. Everyone has a different reason. Hurley does not want to go down because of the numbers. Yep. Jack does not want to go down because it's not practical. The ladder is broken. There's nothing we can get everyone down there like tonight. It's not safe. We'll work on it tomorrow. We'll see what we can do in the daytime. Yep. Locke wants to go down there because of faith. Basically the exact polar opposite of Hurley, right? He's he's following his faith in these numbers, or I guess his distrust of these numbers. Yeah. Uh, the, his faith that these numbers are evil. Locke's yep. trusting in faith that this hatch is it, and Kate kind of wants to go down. And she doesn't seem as faith based as Locke. More of just like a you know curiosity sense, where if Locke's going down, I might as well. Or like you know, what's yeah, the hatch? Her motivations are much less clear to me than anybody else's. That is true. Her motivations much less much less clear, but mm-hmm. uh, we. we I, I guess maybe we should think back to what she's worried about, maybe in the back of her head. 
uh, the raft is going out, as far as they know. Mm-hmm. And so I guess for Kate, to her, it's like a ticking time bomb as to when um law enforcement... Or she might be arrested, basically. If they get saved, she's going to be, like, arrested. Yes. So I wonder if there's anything to influence her for going down this hatch, though... I don't know why still. Maybe she wants to hide down there or something, but yeah, that could be even though everyone would know where the hatch is, but maybe yeah. that maybe that gives her like a extra wind of gusto to be willing to take more risks. I don't know. But, but Kate also wants to go down the hatch for not faith reasons, so Right. Polar opposite of Jack. Not polar opposite, but opposite of Jack. It's not faith based, but she wants to go down the hatch. But Jack is the, you know, he's the leader of the group, and he commands Locke to, you know, hey, give it up. Let's go back to base. They're waiting for us. Let's, you know, they're, uh, they need us. They need us to guide them. So let's get going. And so the group heads back to the caves. And I, I guess it's also important to remember that their survivors are still worried about the others coming for Aaron. Because, you know, they don't realize that Walt was the real target. I I mean, I guess we're assuming... We're assuming that Walt was the real target. We are assuming. We are. I think it's pretty <laughs> insinuated that Walt was the target. I d- I don't yet, but I mean, I mean, you've seen it, so I guess I should just yield to you. But I'm only I'm only saying that because you've seen it. <laughs> because I, in my mind, you know, they they kidnapped Claire, not Walt. When Ethan came back and said they were going to kill somebody once a day, it was. If you don't give us Claire, not yeah. Walt, so I'm I'm still thinking that Aaron's not out of the woods yet. You're right. Okay. Maybe you should yield to me. I've never lied to you, Mister Sal. Uh never. I've never I've never lied to you about this. Uh... You're, you're like Nora and Matt. Yeah, you're... never lie. I'm I'm like I'm like Matt. I never lie, except for when I do. But yeah. I don't lie. I didn't lie. I did not lie. So. They head back, and we get to see the first uh, flashback of the great saga that is uh, Jack's flashback. It's uh, I love these flashbacks; they're great. It is. We we have um, we have a lady who we very quickly can tell is Sarah, and we know Sarah's uh, in Jack's like origin story of their relationship yes. from uh, Do No Harm. I'll quickly preface it that it's uh, Sarah got in a very severe car accident. Uh, her spine was messed up, right? She it yep. didn't look like she had any chance to walk again. She was gonna be uh you know paralyzed from the waist down, but Jack promised her that he could save her, and or I guess fix her. Sorry, is the way they say it. He could yep. fix her, and he fixes her, and then they kind of fell in love, and then they kind of you know, and then we saw them have their marriage and do no harm. We do know they get divorced eventually, but they did get married. Mm-hmm. Kind of as a bad decision from Jack because he was very um questioning of it, but still went through with it. Surprisingly, which mm-hmm. I kind of like that and do no harm. He he did subvert the expectation there. Oh yeah. Do you really think he's gonna say no? So we know the story that happens here. We see the lady, and you can tell it's Sarah. It's a car accident. They very quickly say, uh, like the steering columns in her or something. Both victims are severe. The other person that she hit, uh, an older man. Is also in very severe condition, and it's very chaotic. They're like Jack, do this. He's not. He's not doing well. Jack works on the first person that came in, you know, uh, Sarah, and is working on her. Meanwhile, while he's trying to stabilize Sarah, 
the man does die. Yep. Which is, you know, I mean, pretty severe. I, how do you feel the way they filmed the scene in, in terms of, um, it's chaotic, they're doing it, and you just hear the commentary in the back of like, oh, no, Paul's all, like, they, they, they keep making comments on him, and then you hear them just declaring his death. Yeah. Uh, you know, with Jack I, never I, walking over there, he never even like really sets eyes on him. Right. So it definitely feels like Jack is choosing Sarah over that other person. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, I think, uh, and maybe I'm wrong about this, but it sounded to me like in the very beginning of this scene that they said that it was not Sarah's fault, but rather it was the other driver's fault. Oh, okay. And Jack, in that case, to me, is pretty clearly choosing the person who was not at fault. Fair enough. And, and, and here's here's what gets me most about this, right? We know how Jack is, and granted, this is the earliest flashback we have of him. But he's a, he, he's a very other guilty than, other person. Other than nine or ten year old Jack. Yeah, other than the the small the one flashback, maybe it was two flashbacks of it, but one or two scenes of super yep. young Jack, but. We know he's a very guilty person. Even in that, you said to be looking. You know, he's a very empathetic person, and he holds himself to a very high degree, right? His uh, survive or saviorship mentality. Yep. But he doesn't ever seem to bat an eye about this guy dying. Well, I think that he has a specific, like, like a moral code mm-hmm. that this was a very clear choice to him. It, it does, and it does seem like a very clear choice. He never bats an eye. Yeah, start helping the other person, right? He only worries about stabilizing uh, Sarah. Yeah, it's like he was this this other person was at fault. I helped the person who was the victim here. Mm-hmm. So I, I I think that's Jack passing moral judgment on these two people who can't defend themselves. <laughs> Fair enough. And do you think what Jack did was wrong? Do you think he should have at least looked at the other person? I think that this hospital should have had more than one doctor. I know. Yeah. <laughs> you have both people in a severe condition. <laughs> they're like, yeah, they're both in critical condition. And yeah. There's only one doctor. And that could, I mean, maybe it's like the wee hours. I don't know where they work. I, I, I don't know what protocol is in like the ER for like you know, uh, if you have like one surgeon on if one surgeon on site maybe like a few like two on call if there's like a big emergency but i guess i, I, I don't, I don't know. know i guess it, it depends on how big this hospital is i don't know where this is do you? that is true no well i'm trying to think back to the ideas i'm sure there's somewhere where it's hinted where he lives he likes the red Sox. no wait they don't like the red Sox. well they, that's why they'll never win a series never mind that's not applicable <laughs> um they took lax well, that was just sitting out. That, that can be a connecting flight. Never mind. That's probably sure. So, yeah, yeah. I, have, I have no clue, actually, where he lives. I, yeah, I don't know either. But it could be, yeah, a very small area, in which case having one surgeon for the ER on site isn't, you know, a terrible decision uh, as long as you have someone on call. But So, regardless, I'm not ready to blame Jack for this. And I, Yeah, I don't blame Jack. And I, I completely agree. I think he um did pat, like, you know, he, he had, he felt he you know would be better to put all his effort into saving one person because i guess the worst case is if he tried to save both and that ends in him saving neither right so he has just bets and focus solely on one until he could stabilize right. him exactly. and that's the other thing is is you know i don't i don't 
know all the medical jargon that was being thrown around and it was very chaotic so it's possible that jack heard something that indicated to him that the guy was beyond saving but he might still have a chance with sarah yeah so so like i said i I do not ready to pass judgment on jack for making this choice but he definitely makes a clear choice he does make a clear choice in that 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 deepens the sarah uh jack storyline and i I wonder how much Sarah knows into that. We know Sarah does ask, and Jack reveals that he died, but... Right. You know, it's not, like, outlined to Sarah, like, I picked you over him. in terms right. of, Or at least I focused on you over him. Right. So, I wonder. Uh, but anyway, back... back. Well, anything else on that flashback? No, I'm good. Okay, well, back, back to the present. Uh, we have Charlie talking to the survivors, the no-name survivors that no one cares about, and he's just <laughs> giving his viewpoints, right? Like, Rousseau's crazy. Uh, did the fire itself. There are no others. Uh, so we know where Charlie stands now. He's he's strict. Like there are no others. Yeah, Russo's crazy. Don't. So this is where Charlie stands. Yep. There you go. Uh, we have Saeed. So you know he's still around in the season. Looks at Charlie, and then uh, he talks to Shannon, who's looking for Vincent because she lost to Vincent. And so there. How many times can this dog get lost? There you go. There's that's like the third time Vincent's been lost. <laughs> this takes. Shannon, you had one job, which she holds actually quite highly. Uh, back to the hatch. Is Hurley kind of upset with Locke for lighting that fuse despite what he said? Uh, Locke's reasoning is just he was just too excited to get into the hatch. <laughs> which is like, I mean, kind of true, but not really a good reason still. You still clearly heard him, so you ignored him. Uh, but so that Locks is the reason he wants to get into the hatch. You know, he's so excited to. Jack adds the reason they, like, lit the wick, or reason to light the fuse was to save everyone. Oh, but he says it's very sarcastic. Well, he says it like, to save everyone. He says, what, so he's like, but what about you, Locke? Is that your sense of destiny? So he does, yeah, he pokes fun at Locke's sense of destiny. Pours he, his hat. Doesn't he say it more, more like, you know, he did it to save everyone, of course. Isn't that right, John? Or was it destiny? Was, uh, you're right. Might, I think he might have said it that way. Yeah, but he's 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 definitely poking at Locke's initial reason for lighting the hatch, despite what Hurley is saying. Yes. Right? I mean uh, that that's a great answer to give of. Oh, I wanted to save everyone. We need to get down this hatch. Sorry, Hurley, but we need this. But yeah. Instead, he just goes, "Nah, I just really want to get down that hatch. This <laughs> is a really nice hatch. <laughs> I've seen a lot of hatches in my time. None as nice as that one. So none had cryptic numbers on them." Uh, so, while they're bickering, Kate brings them over, and they notice on the door, it says, Quarantine. We know a thing or two about quarantine. (laughs) That I I hope many people do now. Though, this is in, like, 2006 or 5, this season? I think it's 5, and, like, fall of 5. So, yeah, 2005. So... What what do you th- so what do you think this door meant by quarantine? Did you think oh, I don't think there's much to glean from that. They obviously knew about coronavirus before we did. You're right. They were already quarantining. They were telling, they're telling the survivors to quarantine. Yeah. Door thing. It's reminding them, hey, quarantine. Be be responsible. Six feet, people. <laughs> uh, no, I I didn't think about it that way. I think. Um... I, I was a little surprised that Kate had this reaction. I guess 
And I guess it makes sense because if you see that, then either you know that the person inside is being quarantined from the rest of the island. So there's some problem with the rest of the island. Or you know that the person in there is quarantining from the rest of the island. So you know there's some some problem with the people or person in there. And so. all, all I want to refer back to is whoever is down... Well, I mean, we know who it is by the end of the episode. But the person down there uh, did stab themselves with some sort of medication thing. I mean, like shot himself with, <laughs> with a hypodermic gun that's like not even a hypodermic needle a hypodermic hypodermic needle that's like that, that was intense so yeah you're right so so maybe he is being quarantined from the rest of the population of the island but he's simultaneously seems like he's been there a while and we know that he hasn't been there very long we know we know he's not been there for um longer than jack before he got married right. or before he met sarah so yeah we know a time scale we don't know how long ago that really is the yeah, sarah yeah, events true. but it definitely was like a few years ago at least so. mm. i mean at yeah, least... it was not in the time of computers that said execute on them yeah I, oh yeah, that is definitely true yeah that this computer technology is way too old right so, so the interior of this bunker uh, can we call it a bunker or should we keep calling it the hatch? You can call it a bunker if you want. The interior of this bunker definitely predates Jack and Sarah's wedding. Oh, that's true. This this probably predates, yeah. Many so, of them probably children. That, so, that, so that means that the bunker was, was built a long, long time ago. Very long time ago. It looks like it was built specifically for quarantine. Mm-hmm. It, we don't know when Desmond got in there. Yep, we don't know why is in there even quite even if it is for quarantine why is in there. Right. Uh but yeah. A lot a lot of questions about this uh bunker and hatch. Yeah. Uh, but the you know, the thing about the scene is you buried the lead. The lead <laughs> is that Locke keeps calling Hurley Hugo. Ah. You're right, he does call him Hugo. He never calls him Hurley, he always calls him Hugo. Do you, know, do you know my hypothesis as to why he does that, right? It's because he knows who he is. He knows because he worked for the box company that Hurley bought. And I believe that he knows that these numbers are the, the numbers Hurley won the lottery with. Do you, do you think he actually believes in the island for faith? Or do you think he just likes those numbers so much he'll do anything? I think that he believes in the island of faith because he can walk, right? Okay. Oh, that's true. Yeah. That, so, <laughs> that, is big, that is a big part. Yeah. So that's that's the first thing. But then I think that he's obsessed with the hatch because he saw the numbers. Okay. Okay. Makes sense. So, so moving onward, mm-hmm. uh, we, we get back to Saeed and Shannon hunting down Vincent. Uh, you know, Saeed wanted to look in the morning, but Shannon was insistent. Uh, this is like the first responsibility she's been giving it in a while and doesn't want to muck it up. So, uh, they keep going. Shannon's, you know, very sleep deprived, probably really hungry. But they see Vincent, and so, you know, they try to get up closer to him and, you know, catch him. But he runs off, so they give chase. This is where, you know, the, the special part in this storyline happens. Shannon loses Saeed. And then starts to hear whispers. Mm-hmm. Right, she's freaking out. Oh, the whispers. Oh, spooky. But even more spooky. 
unintelligible whispers, right? I, I couldn't tell what they were saying. I cannot tell what they said either. Okay. So, it's true. But, so, you know, we hear the whispers, but we do hear someone that is a bit more, uh, possibly, you can hear. And it is a sogging, dripping, wet walt. Mm-hmm. Okay. And wet walt, not regular walt, but wet walt, possibly regular walt. Get, at first, like, shushes her, which I think is hysterical. And what, then... Say that again? At first what? At first shushes her. He's like, shh. Oh, yeah, yeah. And so Shannon asks Walt what he's doing here. And did you catch what he said? No. And I and I went back and I watched it again with the closed caption and it doesn't even tell, it tell you. I just tell you because Mr. Sal, he's not saying anything. I I thought I heard I have to, blah 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 blah. Okay. The blah blah blah. blah. Let me let me put an addendum to what I just said there. I mean, saying stuff, but he's saying it backwards. Oh no. So the the phrase he said, if you put it backwards, is um. It's kind of there's kind of like two different ones I saw, but it's either don't push button. Button bad, or don't push the button. Button bad. But either way, it's uh, the meaning's there. Really? Don't push button. Button bad. So he says it backwards. So he's telling Shannon to dab. Wait, what? Right, because bad backwards is dab. Oh my. <laughs> is that what he says in the very beginning? I, Did I you hear that? <laughs> no. Wait. Well, because, well, when you say bad backwards, you don't say dab, and then it sounds like bad, does it? Dab. Bad. I, I, I don't know how saying words backwards, if you say it, like, just phonetically backwards, or if you just say it, like, kind of specially, because, like, ad. Ab. Dab. No. Bad. Bad. Dab. Backwards is dab. You're right, you're right, it is dab, it's totally dab. I, said, no, I don't know if you just flip it around and say it, that'll always work. But that does work with dab. <laughs> interesting but anyway so he's warning shannon not to press the button we know earlier he warned Locke not to um open the hatch open the hatch here he warns shannon not to press the button what was, button i mean was i supposed to be able to figure that out no no you can't listen there's no way you're figuring this out while you're watching the episode so is this a spoiler that you're giving me or i mean Maybe, but like I, I could tell he was talking backwards. Like I would have figured out what he was trying to say. I mean, people could have figured you this could out. Tell that he was talking backwards. I mean, it's kind of like when someone talks like that. Okay, have you ever watched uh, Spy Kids? Uh, yeah, all three. Okay, so do you know? Do you know the scene where they're talking backwards, right? And like, which in which one? The first one? I can't remember. They're all just a blur to me. I just remember there's one where uh people are captive, and they're like singing like a song but if you put it backwards you know somebody come help us he's kidnapped us or something is what they're saying uh, i don't know. i i don't know i can kind of yeah i i can kind of you can kind of just tell i feel like when someone's talking backwards i don't know i just kind of it just kind of gets that feeling it's 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 because it's, it's a different type of inaudible when someone talks backwards like i heard this and i was like i don't remember what he said but i was like this is backwards <laughs> right and i was being like this is backwards and so I just I typed in what does Walt say backwards? Wow! <laughs> and, it was, and then I also made sure it was the right episode. This is not just also me, but like this is um, yeah. Good for you, man. When when I was in college, 
I had like my, uh, my ancient computer, you know, Windows 95 and the thing had like one gigabyte hard drive, you know, but it came with this audio recorder on it where you could play backwards. Oh, okay. So uh, my buddies and I used to in college do this all the time. We'd say something, listen to it backwards, and then we'd try to say it backwards, have the recorder play that that backwards for us and see if we could get what it originally was supposed to mean. Right, that must have been a boring time. No, man, it was so fun. <laughs> so our favorite thing to, to say was Strer Bogakish. Strer Bogakish. What does that mean? Chicago Bears. <laughs> so, so we'd say Chicago. Bears. You have way more experience hearing people try to talk backwards. You don't think it's like I don't want to say obvious, but like I feel like you can kind of tell when it's like it's a backwards talk. I, you know, or an I have to go back and watch it again because I I couldn't I couldn't. And also, his mouth looks really weird with the way he's talking. I think is what really gave it away. Okay, well, I I just couldn't hear much. I I, I was really like struggling to hear anything. Uh, and so I didn't make that connection. But I'll have to go back and, and check that out. I always say that. I'm going to go back and check that out. And then I rarely do. Sometimes I... <laughs> There's a lot of things you want to check out in this episode. <laughs> yeah. Maybe should we watch the whole thing? I, I probably should. <laughs> no. I won't now because I'm too excited to watch the next one. Yeah. So, uh, but anyway, Saeed finds Shannon. Uh, and she's all alone. There is no Walt there. Uh, who was she talking to? I have the slightest idea. At least Saeed doesn't. So, so uh, my, my theory here is that Walt is projecting himself. Okay. So much like Luke Princess Skywalker. Princess Leia. Oh, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Wait. Oh, okay. We got. I, I was thinking of like Princess Leia from R two D two. Even though she's not projecting oh. herself, R two D two's doing it for her. It's like a recording. But I see what you mean. Like the Jedi. Like like Yoda, talking. Back to Luke. When does Loda Yoda project himself? At the at the end of the trilogy, don't like Yoda and um, you see Obi Wan and Yoda. Again? Oh, but but at that point they're dead. Spoilers. Yeah. Oh. But, uh, but Are you yeah. saying he's alive still? I'm saying in uh, the Last Jedi, which is Episode Eight, Luke Skywalker projects himself to a completely different place while he's still alive. Okay. So, like, he's like meditating. That, that, that's a bit of a spoiler right there for me. Okay. You're not gonna remember that. I'm not. <laughs> I don't think that's also that much of a spoiler. Yeah. No, it's, it's it's really not. So, but he he is one place meditating, and then he, but he it seems as though he's in another place because he's projecting himself there. That seems like a pretty good power. Yeah, it is. Like, I, like I won't have to get up and go anywhere for some things like i just have to show up not have to pick anything up i just project myself yep exactly so that's my theory here is that walt is projecting himself the fact that he's wet and that he's speaking backwards makes me uh wonder if he's i feel like maybe he's like looking at a reflection in a in a in the water and using the reflection to project him like projecting the reflection so because the reflection is mirror imaged, it would be speaking backwards and wet because it would be underwater. Oh, that's a lot of in-depth analysis of Walt's projection. <laughs> I, you know, one of that these or, or Santa's just going crazy. I doubt that. But I, one of these times I have to be right on one of these big reaches. 
I do like you do you do take a lot of like crack swings at these. Oh I, yeah, I take big fast balls. You take big swings at really fast balls, but one of these <laughs> days you're gonna home run. Yeah, exactly. I'm gonna be I, 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 at the late, at, you know at the smallest, you'll at least get a single one of these times. Just you know, close <laughs> I'll be so excited if I'm if I, if one of these things ever pays off. Man, I will I will be dumbfounded. <laughs> If you get something like on the nose, that's so vague. Anyway, though, like if, you, if you predicted what was down the hatch to a T, I would have been dumbfounded. If it's just like a guy living down there. I mean, yeah, you don't quite know what's going on yet, so you still don't know. But I feel like I could have, like that wouldn't have been an outlandish prediction. It's not, but what's he doing down there? Well, yeah, I mean, I still don't. Have a and shot. you still don't know that, yeah. Yeah. Now you can make a much more. Er, educated guess on that prediction but still mm-hmm. you don't know so but that sums up a lot of the shannon uh side storyline i mean shannon's gonna go back eventually and kind of have an argument with charlie but that's during like jack's scene so yeah uh here we have kate and Locke. they're walking together so i was wondering why kate and Locke walk together hurley jack walk together um my only reasoning was just like I know they still have some spare dynamite. Yeah, who's got that dynamite? I don't know who has the dynamite, so we just gotta. We just, maybe both of them do. Like have one each. Who knows? Just someone's got dynamite here. We don't really know which one has the dynamite, but someone has dynamite here, and they're separated while they're walking. So Kate and Locke are walking, and Kate wants to know why Locke wants to go down there so badly. Uh, you know, look, why do you want to do it? It doesn't make sense, and. Locke has some self-awareness that he must look like a crazy person just wanting to go down there uh, no matter what, right? Yeah. Gives that as a given. But then he kind of rebuts it with, but I was, after all, pulled by some black smoke. And, I mean, you and Jack saw that, so am I really all that crazy? Right. Which is a good point. I mean, (laughs) What did you see, Kate? (laughs) And she confirms that she saw the same thing. Mm Mm-hmm. So I wonder what that smoke monster was all about. <laughs> What's I don't going know. on there? Yeah, another question left open at the end of season one. A bit, but it answered a bit more on that monster that we kept hearing. That guy. Smoke monster. Uh, then we get to see Hurley and Jack. Hurley's worried uh, for Jack because Kate might be, you know, Locke might be swiping away Kate from the, you know, the relationship duo. So. Mm-hmm. Good for Hurley and his worries. But, so here, uh, so I wonder what you thought how Jack was gonna take this as. But um, Hurley's trying to cheer up Jack a bit. Yeah, but then he kind of comments about like, oh, but the others are coming and people are blown up and whatever. At least they get to sleep in. Uh, but Jack kind of stops him from his rambling and wants to know how Hurley knows these numbers that he was yelling about earlier. Right? Mm-hmm. How do you know these numbers? And so after some, like, fighting back, you know, Hurley doesn't want to, but eventually he gives in and he basically, you know, quickly summarizes his story with these numbers. Heard him from a guy when he was in a psych ward named Leonard. He then went on to win, like, the lottery with these. And then after that, he got so much bad luck from these numbers. Yep. So he believes they're cursed. Uh, And after telling Jack, so what did you think Jack's response to this was going to be? Uh, Not what it was. Although having heard it 
uh, I think it makes total sense that that would be Jack's response. Unsurprised, yeah, unsurprised by his response. Uh, well, so, what did you think it was going to be? I, well, I thought he was going to say, "Wait a minute, you used those numbers to win the lottery." Yeah, yeah. Well, you could see what they're walking, and he hears like, "Yeah, the numbers here to use them to win the lottery." Jack like perks up and like gives him a lot more attention. Yeah, right. He does like stop walking, I think, to start looking at him and be like, Whoa. "This this story got a lot more interesting." Right. So, but that's sure. not what he got out of it. All he got out of it was you were in a psych ward, we which like, is really is perfect for what Jack would be thinking. That, definitely, that, like you were in a psych ward and you're believing this stuff. But uh, yeah, it is definitely it's a bit of a fracture between the two. Hurley's uh, mad that Jack does not believe him, as uh, Jack puts it, they are just numbers. Right. And his bedside manner sucks, dude. <laughs> Jack's. It, and I, you know, I, that ends up being one of my favorite things about the episode is Hurley saying that triggering these memories in Jack, because I, you know, you know that I always try to figure out why we're seeing these flashbacks right now. And I think that was perfect. Mm-hmm. That was oh exactly yeah. What was needed. And then th- this next flashback hits right on it. Cause this is where we, um, I, I think it's the only flashback here where we get to see Christian. Uh, if not, it's the only one where he has a speaking role. Correct. So, uh, it's flashback. This is where you can obviously tell it's a young Jack. Uh, I when I had seen the first one, I didn't really connect how early this would be, but you kind of see his like hairdo, and I'm like, oh wait, yeah, because this is before him and Sarah together, and him and Sarah was there at least we saw. So this is like even younger Jack. Yeah. Uh, his his uh, haircut, modern haircut, much better choice. <laughs> Fair enough. This just sounds like, you know, if I was your barber, I would not be doing that. <laughs> that is, it was a little jarring. <laughs> Seeing young Jack. But I, I, I always, I think I said it before, but I love when the shows have to make the same character look younger. Yes, you have. I love to see, like, the choices they try to do. Because basically all they try to do, they try to change up the way they look. Yep. That way, you're like, oh, okay, well, they look different. They must be younger. Which is always everyone's rationale for the most part. And I, I mean, that's, it works. I mean, I was like, huh? Younger Jack? Yep. So, good for them. So, uh, Jack's just doing some paperwork uh, by Sarah. I, I don't really know quite what. So, probably something with her vitals and whatnot. And her condition. And Sarah wakes up and wants to know what happened. Oh, I think I might have skipped over a big... I did skip over a big part in the last flashback. Okay. Didn't she see in the last flashback she wanted to dance for her wedding? She, she did, did that at the very end. She says that as Jack's yes, walking out. Yeah, she, she wanted to be able to dance for her wedding, which is which is a new wrinkle into the Sarah Jack storyline of, oh, Sarah already had a fiance when they first met. Yeah, that is interesting. Very interesting. So it's kind of a also that 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 like phrasing in itself also foreshadows how that relationship is just going to end in terms of Sarah and her at the time fiance. So. Yeah, I I mean I had never thought about her being engaged at this point. Yeah. So they they first of all they, they hit us with that but then basically that also hits us with how this will probably go down of well she's not going to be engaged for him for uh too much longer. <laughs> no. So we'll see. So uh Sarah wants to know what happened uh to the other driver. Uh Jack reveals that he also died in ER and she did the thing I hate when TV shows do, which is she shed a single tear. I thought you loved that. I do love. Okay, I I like love hate it, right? Like I think it's stupid. 
that you shed a single tear. It's like, oh, sad. But only sad enough for a single tear. <laughs> like, I, I think it's stupid. It's funny. I think, it, like, when I see it, it's re- when I see it, it really takes me out of the moment. So I'm like, single tear. Like, like it's either you don't cry or you cry. Like I don't, I don't get the single tear business. Of like she like shuts her eye and then does a single tear. It's like okay, fair enough. Whatever. You, you, you were sad that the man didn't make it, but you didn't start sobbing. Like when your feet started working. So I see how it is for you, Sarah. (laughs) Uh, Jack reveals all about you. All about you, Sarah. All about you. Uh, Jack reveals to Sarah. Uh, her problems. Uh, well, first she talks about how she can't feel anything, and Jack tells her she has many problems with her spine, and you know she's unlikely to ever have feeling from the waist down. And you know we're, we're you're going into surgery soon. I'll see what I can fix, but you're you're not gonna like walk again. This is, you know, this is a, and we it's see tough news to break. Yeah, <laughs> he's his bedside manners. Uh, pr- accurate, probably, but not the sweetest. Uh, and during this, we see Christian glance over, and presumably he heard what Jack had to say, because then he walks in and asks to have a word with him. And so they walk and talk, and it, you can immediately tell this is a much better relationship, right? Like Jack's immediately like smiling. Yeah. Uh, Christian, like they, this, this is we've never seen them have a relationship like this, even in Do No Harm, and that's the best relationship. Of them we've seen they weren't like laughing joyfully as they walked down it was jack was super stressed out about his wedding coming up but here i mean jack's pretty happy talking to christian here and yep. he really wants to know what a uh, christian's advice for him is because he can tell he has something to tell him right he wants to hear his criticism yeah and christian tells him straight out like you know his bed sided manners do suck he should hand out some hope every once in a while even if there's like a 99% chance they're screwed. Uh, Jack disagrees with this for the most like obvious reason of, well, you know, her spine is crushed. I don't want to give her false hope, right? That's that's false hope. Yep. And but Christian feels that hope is important. So, Mr. Sal, I'm going to ask you, who do you agree with in this circumstance, Christian or Jack? So this is interesting because... Um... From the doctor's perspective, if you were Jack, not if you were the patient. Okay. So before I answer that question, I want to go back to pilot part two, yeah. where I believe it was Saeed when they were on the quest to, uh, I don't remember what they were trekking for, but they were, they had the, the radio and they picked up the signal, the French transmission. But I think they were trying to get to the top of the mountain to get a good signal. Okay, fine. Whatever. Anyway. <laughs> Thank God we're past those episodes. Saeed was triangulating again. Yeah. So. So anyway, um, I, I remember them around the campfire and Saeed saying hope is a very dangerous thing to take away from people. It is? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so this is this is a theme that they want us thinking about because this is the, at least the second time that they brought it up. Okay. And and I definitely, I definitely can see both sides of this argument. I mean, from Christian's perspective, he is right. If she, if she ha- thinks she has no hope, then she may as well be dead already. Like there's, there's no point in even trying. So to, so giving someone hope, you know, is sometimes is all you can do. But having said that, from Jack's perspective, I, I do agree that you don't want to give somebody 
hope that they might walk again and then they can't walk again because then it, it looks like either you lied to them or you failed right so and this is it's this is a tougher situation than if it was life or death right it because it would be easy to say to give somebody hope of life because if you fail well they don't know the difference anyway <laughs> <laughs> you have to deal with that outcome yeah, but if you fail this per, this time, you really feel like you failed the person. So I think that this is at least as much for Jack as it is for Sarah that Jack is trying to be realistic because he's trying to convince himself that this is probably not going to work too. Yeah. Okay. He, he needs it for himself. So that was a long way to go to answer your question of who oh. I agree with. Uh, by and large, I usually would fall on the side of Christian, uh, but I definitely have been in circumstances where I fall on Jack's side. Okay. So, what if you were on uh, Sarah's side here? Well, hold on. You you have to answer the question now. Oh, okay. You want me to answer? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm with Jack. Okay. So, in this circumstance, I'm with Jack. All right. So if I'm Sarah, what do I want? I, I want him to tell me that he's going to do all that he can, but I probably will never walk again. I, I, I want to hear it real too. I don't want the false hope. Right. Cause if you give me the false hope. It'll be way more crushing when it, when it fails. So, so, but don't you think there's a difference between I am going to do everything I can, but probably it's not going to work and I'm going to fix you. I think there's a big difference. Yeah. 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 Big difference, yeah. Well, one's tempering your expectations. The other one's, like, hyping right. you up sky high for you to crash. I, I don't think I'm, this probably isn't going to work is hyping anybody up sky high. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm seeing the second one. Yes. Yeah. But so, so I think there's a line to walk there where you can still have the bedside manner, where you can still leave the door open to hope with while still being real. You know, I think you can, you can say, like, there's a 99.9% .9 chance that you never walk again. But I'm shooting for that point one. We're going to do everything we can to get there. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I, I think somebody says that to me. They've given me the real, the reality. But they've also left the door open for hope. Yeah. Okay. It, 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 listen, it's not a situation I'd like to be in. <laughs> it's one of the reasons why I didn't want to be a doctor. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Dealing with people. So, I think I, I don't know if I said this on the podcast. I think I've spoken to you about it, but I definitely a job I would not want uh, a long-term job is having to deal with people when they are in a frustrated or grieving mood. Mm -hmm. So um, being like a, a tow truck driver, working at like a DMV, customer service, like these are things where people call in or they come to you when they're upset or they have an issue that has made them angry. <laughs> yeah. Some of these people will lash out at you. But I also don't want to go with these are people that are angry. I also wouldn't want their, I wouldn't want to work in a funeral home with people that are grieving. Right? See, I would want to work in a funeral home. I've actually always said if I wasn't teaching, that's what I would want to do. I wouldn't also, maybe I'd do like the back end of a funeral home, like the preparation. <laughs> oh, I want to be right there with the people because I'm, what, what, there's, that's a totally different situation. You're from, sick. 
No. Okay. But, but that's you, a, you, you, you're like, I love watching people grieve. No, that's not what, that's I, what it sounds like, Mr. Sell. I love pe- helping people through their grief is a, is a much better way to think about that. Okay. You know how you can help them through their grief? Be a great mortician. Fine. Okay. <laughs> I, I mean, I guess I don't know, but th- th- there's an argument that could be made for that, sure. But I, I want. I mean, it's. But it's, surely, like I, I always like wonder in jobs like that, like how jaded uh, someone working at a funeral home must become to death and the grieving of others. Do you think they ever become jaded at all to it? Uh, some, but I, I mean, I don't. I don't know about that. I really don't. I think that be, they're they're around it so much that it makes it probably at front more front of mind than it is for the average person mm-hmm. okay i think that they probably they might have a better um you sound like someone that runs a funeral home are you running a funeral home <laughs> you're leading a real pro funeral okay. home right here so well i mean you know that my other favorite show is six feet under which yeah, is i know <laughs> so but i i i mean i've i've known I've I've known funeral directors who've lost like children and they their grief is very real and very raw. I mean it, it's not it's not jaded, you know, it's it's there, it's present. And I and I think that in I can imagine a scenario where being a funeral director makes you more more um, appreciative of life because you work around death all day okay i see oh so i i don't i mean funeral director and doctor is a completely different story for me you you're, if you're a funeral director you don't have to give people hope or take away hope like the person's gone already you can, you know, only, you can only you can give them hope for the future without them but right then and you, you can try to comfort them you can do whatever but you can't like th- there's not this idea of i'm going to try to save your life but i might fail I, I see what you mean. My my counter to that of why I wouldn't want to work at a funeral home is because uh they would be sad, right? Or they're grieving. The people are grieving, and it's just like I don't want to. First of all, I have to I have to take their money, right? So I have to charge yeah. them, right? So that's kind of something that's kind of like what you're bringing to me of like kind of taking advantage of their grief. Not really taking advantage of it, you know. It's a business, but yeah, I I, I don't know. It's it, I I have you know charge them, but also like work with them and they're sad maybe they're sad maybe they're not i don't i've never you know had to deal with this like hiring a funeral home person i don't know maybe when people like get a funeral home they're not crying and they're not they're not as sad as i think they are but it just it just doesn't uh i don't want to be around people when their emotions are running either like too angrily or too low when they... yeah i you know i think i've talked about this on the leftovers podcast i don't think i mentioned it here but uh, a relative of mine, she, she and she was older and she was sick and, and she passed. And when uh, I was at the the wake, like my whole family, like, she was a very jovial, funny, like peppy person. So at the wake, my whole family was just like, you know, talking and smiling and laughing and just having a, it was like a party. And somebody came up to me and said, "Isn't this beautiful? This is just what she would have wanted." <laughs> okay. And I said, well, let me tell you something. This is not what I want at my wake or funeral. 
<laughs> you flipped my opinion on this, by the way. I used to I used to oh. agree with them here. Like I wanted my funeral to be a party. Oh, okay. No, I want wailing and gnashing of teeth. Like I like I, I want I want there to be genuine sadness that I'm gone. I, I have a new one for my funeral. Which is um I guess spoiler my, my, my hope is and hopefully this can be done is I wanna write a will where my, my funeral or my wake is a game show. Oh. And answering the questions will lead to being rewarded my belongings. <laughs> I don't know how feasible that is in terms of legality. I'm sure that's legal. Yeah, I'm sure it's fine. Yeah, exactly. I just not I maybe like like uh, the lawyer I have to someone has to execute my will, but yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I it'll work out. So I wanna have yeah. a quiz show. Nice. My, um, well, maybe if I have enough money, I can have it aired on television. I can buy airspace. Mm, that airspace, would be airtime. Just, that'd be an interesting regular game show. I'm sure. No, that, not regular. It's a one time. <laughs> I make a whole season's worth. You. Like people pay to have their their will executed via game show. <laughs> that is that's a very morbid game show. Because because <laughs> what do you do when you win the car? Like do you clap? Like, I, I mean, I guess you do clap. You got the car, but. <laughs> yeah you got you got that person's car oh man and meanwhile you look over at like their uh their spouse that's still alive and you've taken the car <laughs> <laughs> they only had one car I, well, yeah <laughs> no i'm joking I'm, I'm assuming that uh that every, uh, well, uh, i know uh, my, my hope is everything goes in the will look if i have children or a significant other or something that really wants something part of my will they better know me pretty well yeah, they better, yeah, yeah, that's that's that you know that's it. You better know me well. Exactly, exactly. But as far as Jack goes, like I, I, I don't think he was wrong in being real with her. I think that is probably a bigger error to say I'm going to fix you. Yeah, that seems like a bigger error yeah. to me. But you know what? He, he is still very good at squashing hope, isn't he? <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah. Even afterward, he's, well, he's not. He's not a big fan of hope. He's not. Oh, well, I. He, he's more of like a realist or pessimist, right? Yep. Where's the glasses? He says. <laughs> I love that. That was great. Yeah. <laughs> I, I had a college buddy who used to had. He had a similar take on that. It's say you know people would say, "Do you see the glasses half half full or half empty?" And he'd say, "I see the glasses broken." <laughs> so. Fair so. Enough. So that. That was a even more morbid take on it. I like Jack's a little bit more. <laughs> There's a glass. <laughs> I really enjoyed that. Yeah, that's good. Um, well, any more on the flashback? Well, actually, you know this this whole conversation about Jack just definitely makes me like him more. Maybe because I feel what I feel like I'm closer to him now, or he's closer to my personality because. I'm I'm definitely a pessimist. I'm definitely someone who uh, probably too much squashes hope. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I I can relate very well to this. Oh yes. Congratulations. Uh, Being I, a yeah. parent. <laughs> so uh, moving back into the present time, we see a uh, Shannon with the survivors, and she's kind of causing a pandemonium. Because she's talking about the whispers she heard, mm-hmm. seeing Walt, and like you know all the other survivors kind of giving little quip like sons were oh did something happen to the raft, oh no and so a lot of squabbling going on and this is where Team Dynamite at least the remaining of Team Dynamite returns. 
Uh, um, yeah. What's that? What's the A team? What's the A team sound? Oh man. There you go. <laughs> the A team comes in. No, there's no stopping me now. Sorry. Okay. That's as far as I'll go. How is the A team is an actual show, right? Oh yeah. How long did that? Did you watch that? Oh yeah. Okay. I've never seen it. I just kind of know it from like references. I mean, I know that Mr. T's in there. Mr. T, you know Mr. T? Good for yeah, 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 yeah. I pity the fool. Oh, wow. <laughs> you are showing me something today. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I didn't say it was a good thing. I just... <laughs> no, no, yeah, no, thank you, though. Thank you. <laughs> okay. I'm proud. Thank you. Congratulations. As to yourself, congratulations again. <laughs> so Jack comes in, you know, he kind of he basically gets like a like a podium above everyone, not on a podium, but he's like elevated, talking to everyone. Seriously, you know, real speech. Like, like now that things have gone in disarray, leadership has gone very directly in line. Understandably, right? Rough times bring about you know one person uh, leadership. So yeah, nature abhors a vacuum, right? Whoa, whoa, that is a complicated thing you said there. Nature abhors a vacuum. Yeah. Nature abhors. What does abhors mean? Hates. Na- oh, okay, okay, okay. That makes sense. Like I know what abhors yeah, means. Nature hates a vacuum, so okay. vacuum will always be filled. Yeah, and so. there you go. So Jack's the leader right now until he perishes, and then we'll see who's next. Anyway, uh, well, sorry. He won't. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's your opinion. So we see Jack, uh, telling everyone that he's now revealing to the group. You know, Locke found a hatch. Half a mile from here, so there, there's a little indicator on the distance. Hey, thanks. So half a mile from here, uh, they were, you know, able to. Uh, they were going to hide inside of it, but they can't get down there tonight. Uh, this is where Charlie kind of pipes up and asks where Arntz is, and Jack just says, "Ah, he did not make it." <laughs> it, it uh, here I wrote his bedside talk is crap. <laughs> <laughs> just, just yeah like you just tell him yeah we can't we were gonna hide down there now we can't uh also arnst is gone yeah guys so there there you go um and so this is where shannon and charlie get a bit of a squabble where you know he wants to know if jack saw the others charlie goes there aren't others and then like the whole kind of you know you hear a lot of people talking in the crowd you know like a, like a disobedient class and much like yes. he was a teacher mr sal you have to wrangle back the class. It's true. Do, do you think, um, I know how you tried to wrangle back a class. Yeah, I haven't done that in a while. Oh, okay. It's been a couple of years since I've done that, but. Do you think clapping can get back a class? Uh, I've always wondered, like, if, if your class starts going wild, what if you shout to the top of your lungs every time? Think uh, about that. I, I really think that would get people back in order if the teachers just. Shout now! I understand you have teachers that teach nearby, but I mean it's just for a moment. It really drives the point home <laughs> that you want their attention. Yeah, uh, I don't know if that would work in the long run, but definitely probably would work in the short term. What do you mean in the long run? If you just yell, "Hey!" I think I could yell pretty loudly, and everyone in the room would hear me. Like, whoa! The teacher just yelled again. Like, not just yell, like, hey, guys. Like, I mean, 
full out, you know, screech. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> like I, I, I would be shocked if they kept talking whenever you screeched. Hey. Yeah. Alright. We'll give that a try. Anyway. You won't. You won't, yeah. There's no way you would. <laughs> no, I, I won't actually. Oh, come on. Anyway, I'll try to convince you. Yeah, as the little figures and the squares on my screen get out of control, I'll scream at the top of my lungs. No, not not I it not not online. That that might like break their ears. Like, how loud their <laughs> headphones are. Don't don't worry about that. Yeah. But um uh, but back to so there's there's sort you know you know the group has gone to turmoil so Jack wrang you know uh, wrangles them back all together and he gets back and shows like, hey okay everyone and this is where the bedside talk gets pretty good right okay it's gonna be okay ah this this is not good bedside manner this is false hope it is false hope. But that, that, that comes down to what you believe bedside manner is, or bedside so talk I, is. I, I believe he's really bad at it, because this he's, is... Just, now he's just straight up lying, giving hope. Yeah, it's like there's, there's, it. there's a line you can t- tow that gives people hope without making promises. Hope and tempering expectations is what you yes, do. Yes, exactly. Here, he just gives all the hope of, hey, we're going to be okay, we'll stay together. Yep. We've got the guns, right? Which that's fine to say, of like staying together, we'll have the guns, that's fine. Yeah, uh, you want to give reasons for hope. That's fine. Absolutely. Sun will be up in four hours, maybe three. But none of us, he said, like, none of us are, like, uh, going away along those lines. He basically ensures nothing's going to happen to anyone. Yeah, which, which is BS. Obviously, he can't. He doesn't know if the others will attack. Uh, Especially since he's going to take off on everybody in just a minute. Eventually. But I don't think he planned to do so yet. I think it's when no, he, he didn't. I think it's later, but yeah, eventually, yeah, he will kind of, it kind of shows his tune to the whole things of, yeah, he even leaves himself. But, um, in front of everyone, Locke grabs some, like, rope that, like, rope that they've kind of made. He's kind of, I don't know what you want to call it, but rope, basically. Uh, and he's heading for the hatch. You know, he's, he's going in, and he does this right in front of everyone. And this big, you know, all the survivors. Uh, and Locke gives his reasons of, like, you know what? The safest thing to do is to stay here, wait till morning, wait for the raft, wait for help. But you know what? I'm tired of waiting. So <laughs> he goes off and he's subverting Jack's rule in front of everyone. The yep. rule of law, which is yep. Jack's word, desecrated by Locke. Well, he took a big PP poo poo on it. I, <laughs> okay. I mean, here's here's the thing. Like he's not telling anybody else to do it. He's no. not. He's not like being insubordinate. He's not. Causing... Is he though? He told everyone to stay together. Is he being insubordinate? But is... everyone independently did that. Jack. Jack is not saying you are all confined to this area. Like he's. He's not. He say, well, he does say we're, we're all going to stay in the cave. We'll watch the points okay. and we'll be safe. Yeah. All right. And but... Jack it did want him to come back to the caves with them. He did like command him when they were out there. Mm-hmm. Do so. So I think that is. I think Jack's plan is he does want everyone to stay together. Oh, I'm sure that's what he wants, but he's not like he's not dictating it. He's not. A, he's not a dictator. He's not a right. tyrant. Yeah, he's, he's not. He's enough force behind he's his saying, threats. If we stay together, we will survive this. John is saying, "Yeah, okay, you're probably right. Good luck. I'm going to take off now." You know? I only came back because I needed the rope. Thanks. Bye. Yeah, so I don't, I don't have a problem with Locke doing this. Wow. He's not asking anybody else to come with him. 
he's gonna just go do this on his own. Which you know what? He kind of he claims to have known someone's gonna come with him. He claims to have known that. Yeah, uh, when Kate comes there, he says he was waiting for her. Oh, I thought he was just being cute. Oh, uh, well, I don't know. I mean, that's why I said that's what he claims to know. I, I, I wonder as well. <laughs> I think he's just being cute. <laughs> that cute, Mister Locke. Hmm. What are you waiting for? I'm waiting for you. It's like it's you know it's it's Meg talking to Matt. You know what you're waiting for? You're waiting for me. Yeah, for Meg. Of course. <laughs> just kidding. Meg. Anyway, <laughs> I'm ready to go. Uh, so now you know we've had this big assembly. Groups broken up apart. You know they're waiting around. And Kate asks Jack if he believes everything will be okay. Uh, Jack says he does. So my question to you is going to be, do you actually think he does? Do you think he's lying here? And it seems to me that you think he's lying. Oh, you are turning the tables on me. I know. All during the Leftovers episode, every time Nora said anything. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I'm asking you, Jack. Yeah, Yeah, Jack's full of it right here. Yeah, yeah, he's lying. lying. um, I think Kate kind of calls him out on his BS. Well, she says... He's normally a pessimist, but, you know, she's glad what he said for the group morale, and this is where he does his, like, oh, you know, I, I would say you were a glass, like, half-empty kind of guy, oh, what, there's glass, so, I think, <laughs> I think Kate knows that Jack was lying, maybe not, but yeah. it seems to me she knows, so, Kate breaks the news, she's also going to the hatch, uh, you know, Locke's doing regardless, and I don't want him to be there alone, he could fall, break his leg, he could be harmed. Also, it does seem like she just wants to go down the hatch in general. So, she's going to go with Locke to go down the hatch. Uh, and so, my question to you here is, is, is Kate on either of their teams? We, during the finale, Jack talked to Kate about, you know, after these events, after what's happening on tonight and, like, trying to get into the hatch and after things calm back down, they're going to have, as he puts it, a Locke problem. <laughs> right, yeah, and Kate says she would be on Jack's team. Do you think Kate's on Jack's team, or do you think Kate has no allegiances? Is she even on Locke's team? Do you... uh, I don't think she's on Locke's team. I think if she's on a team, she's on Jack's team, but I don't think she really is on a team. So, yeah, Kate has no, and I agree, I don't think Kate really has any allegiances. I think she just kind of does what's most convenient. Working with Jack is typically convenient for her. Well, I don't, I don't think going down the hatch is convenient for her, but that, I... well, but she wants to go down the hatch, so she will go do go down the hatch. I just see. So in, in that sense, it's convenient for her not to listen to Jack, I guess. That's a fair point. So she she wants to go down the hatch so that she has a hiding place. Well, I don't even know why. Just I'm not even putting convenience into this in terms like she wants to go down the hatch. Jack's not letting her, so she just will not listen to Jack's advice here. Go lock. This is she's doing this because she thinks it's the right thing to do. And that that also might be the case. Because Locke needs somebody else there. He mm-hmm. can't he can't do this alone. And, and that could be the case as well, but mm-hmm. he's go, she's going with Locke. Although he can do it alone because he did do it alone. He Yeah, so he can. But... <laughs> yeah, whatever. Anyway. So we have Flashback here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think third. Last, last one. Still, we got two more after this. So we got Flashback here. It's Jack talking to her fiancé. Uh, what did they say his name? Kevin's his name, actually. Really? Yeah, she says that actually. I think his name's Kevin. It doesn't matter all that much. Uh, we'll go with Kevin. Okay. So uh, Kevin, Sarah's fiance is here. Does he have to sign or anything for the surgery? 
What's the legality on that? Does a fiance have legal permission to sign? I mean, it depends on how they uh, sign what. You know, like a, like a, a do not resuscitate? I don't know. I don't know what he's signing, so I have no clue. Just to see what maybe, maybe he's, I, I don't know. I thought he had to sign something. Maybe he didn't even. Maybe he Jack just here be, to. She, she could have named him as her. Uh, oh, what's it called? Uh, I can't, I can't remember, but you can name a designee before you go into surgery uh, who is allowed to make decisions for you. Oh, okay. In case something goes wrong or something. Yeah. Okay. I see. But okay. I mean, the person would have to agree to it. So. Okay. So maybe. I, I think the person has to agree to it. <laughs> I mean, that'd be pretty unreasonable. Like if I could pick, you know, I want Dwayne the Rock Johnson, just in case. <laughs> I want him to make the call for me. <laughs> Like that would be pretty unreasonable if you were the rock. You got a call up from a hospital, and they're like, "Yeah, Mr. Johnson, is, is, yeah, yeah, this is the rock." And he's like, "Yeah, so Kurt's in the hospital and he's having a real rough time. Did we pull the plug?" Like, I'll, I'll, I'll. It's like rolling the dice, basically. I'm just hoping that this person decides to give me the time of day to oh, maybe God. help me. That, so. that is very funny. Uh, so yeah, I'm sure that's what this is. He's he's there because he has to be. Uh, her that would make sense. That you can't just randomly pick someone. So you know, I I will go with that. Okay, makes good sense. So it's it, he's explaining to Kevin the damage that Sarah has. Uh, we learn a bit more about the wedding. It's uh, eight months out. You know, Kevin's a bit in shock. You can kind of tell here, and you know, it, it's a big deal for him. Yeah, but Jack's like, hey eight months she can recover by then she'll still have maybe some physical therapy but you know she can be you know in a healthy condition as healthy as she can be with her condition <laughs> and kevin is concerned <laughs> I, I hate the way i mean the way he puts it is not in the best light of he's kind of concerned if she'll be able to make love yeah which is like not the <laughs> That is, maybe you should ask if she'll be able to walk or dance. Yeah. <laughs> you're wondering that if you're able to have sex. Yeah. Um, but, you know, Jack, Jack, you know, gets pretty serious and tells him, you know, Sarah might need professional care for the rest of her life. And the man seems horrified. Yeah, at he's the idea that, point. that she might not be able to use the bathroom by herself. Yeah. Uh, and so these are not great signs. No. <laughs> for this relationship. And I think this is. I don't think we'll ever see Kevin again, really. I mean, they think they mention him. (laughs) Because he's literally not around, so it's just kind of showing how how her uh, engagement came to an end. This was kind of a... This was a bit throwaway in the sense of we never needed to know Sarah had a fiancé because this is all they do for the fiancé. But I I like it. I mean, it's it's nice, but just... um... So, what I think this does... Because you're right. She didn't even have to have a fiance. She could have been just a single person, completely unattached. And she and Jack still could have fallen in love. But I think what this does is it, uh, I guess, incepts in Jack's mind the idea of her being someone's wife, girlfriend, fiance, whatever. Um, And I think that that without that, maybe he doesn't ever make a connection that is romantic with her because he sees this jerk who's ready to, I may, may actually have already done this, ready to walk out on her. And he thinks she deserves better than that. Hey, I'm better than that. 
<laughs> Hello, so the media like, well, wait a second. I know Kendra that that's better than that guy. Me. <laughs> yeah. So, so I, I think that might be the purpose of having her be engaged, and that might be the purpose of having this scene. Okay. So, I don't know. That's that's the way I viewed it. Well, not a bad uh, interpretation. One I thing. Take it. <laughs> Good work. Uh, so I mean, that's how I view it as a parent, you know. Oh, congratulations for the third time. Just stop bringing that up, though. Now, <laughs> this is the first time you've brought it up. It is. <laughs> you keep bringing it up. Yeah, I've been looking for a way to wedge in that expression so that I could set you up, and you just you just went for it without me even saying. No anything. need, no need. There's no need to set me up. I'll congratulate you on being a parent because you know being a being a new parent. Something you don't get a lot of props for. I mean, I've been a parent for like nine and a half years, so I, I don't being know. being a new parent, people just don't give you enough props that you deserve. Do I qualify as being a new parent? Congratulations. <laughs> okay. Having on having, uh, for you know having a kid, and may there be many. Oh please no. <laughs> so uh, that scene with Kevin ends, and we get. Jack prepping for surgery, and here I have a very big disagreement with this. I think you, I think you're gonna have the same disagree. Not disagree, just you wouldn't. If you were a surgeon, you would not do this. Not, not it's not the promise he makes, but it's. it's anyway, let me talk about it a bit more. Sarah wants Jack to come closer to tell him a secret. Um, I don't know why Sarah makes him come so close because I'm pretty sure everyone can still hear. Her, but yep. Anyway, uh, you know. He, uh, uh, let's say I would not. Oh. oh, yeah, sorry. Sarah tells Jack, uh, it's okay and that she'll not be dancing anymore. And she's content with rolling around her wedding, you know. And she even invites Jack to her wedding. This is this is a common theme for Jack people verbally letting him off the hook. Mm-hmm. People always let Jack off the hook. Still can't accept that. We had um, my uh, Rose, my champ, the the main character of the series. Main character, we had Boone putting him off the hook. Uh, we had um, let's let him off the hook. Well, now Sarah. Sarah letting him off the hook. There's got to be another one. Can't remember why. It's got to be more than that. I don't remember another one. So we'll just go with there's not another one, but probably is. People let him off the hook a lot. He makes promises he can't keep. Uh, but in this case, he didn't even keep, make a promise he can't keep yet until. <laughs> so she's she's literally shown she's content, or yep. not content, but she's she's kind of accepted that she will not be dancing at her wedding, and, she, and in fact, she's trying to make her surgeon feel better. Like, <laughs> yeah. she's trying to make Jack feel better, and even invites him to the wedding. But Jack's is the bold statement of, "I'm gonna fix you up," and then kind of like stands up, and all the other like. You know, medical workers around are kind of staring at him like, "Huh, that's a that's a bit odd." But uh, okay, yeah. and then they get to work. Uh, my biggest gripe here, not not with the giving her such like falseless hope, is talking like this to a patient before such a serious surgery. I, I know, I think we talked about it before actually, probably on this since this is where um Jack's a doctor, but. I feel like most surgeons, and especially if I was a surgeon or if you were a surgeon, we we would want like the most minimal amount of contact with the patient. 
Oh, right? like I don't want to know anything about the patient, let alone be invited to their wedding before I perform surgery on them. Well, I, I don't, I don't know. This is why I would never be a surgeon because, yeah. you know, uh, like, I don't want to add emotional stuff into this. Of like, here's like, here, here's the thing, like, I, I'm I'm teaching fully virtually right now, and I I hate it because I feel like I don't know my students. Like, I want to know my students. Uh, I don't know that I would necessarily feel that way if I were a surgeon. But there, if I can't feel that way as a surgeon, or if I think I shouldn't feel that way as a surgeon, that's why I would never be a surgeon. Here's what I'll say. <laughs> like, I, I like to work on computers. I've worked on a lot of computers. And yep. for whatever reason, maybe it's because when I was super young and I didn't really like have a lot of experience working on computers, when I worked on my own computer, it was most stressful. <laughs> I don't want to break my own computer. If I work on someone else's computer, I feel just fine. <laughs> work on mine, I'm like, ooh. Okay, well, now not as much, but especially when I was younger. Even if, is there something wrong with my computer? I'm like, oh, no. Something's wrong with someone else's computer? I'm like, oh, well, I'll see what I can do, but I'm not. Well, so I, I, I feel like having an emotional attachment not the wisest thing, but maybe it inspires you to work better. Well, uh, I'll tell you, everything I know for, about medicine I learned from Scrubs. So, uh, okay. And I know that's one of the lessons they tried to teach on Scrubs. Was that surgeons try to not get to know their their patients? So there we go. We have a confirmed Scrubs confirms that. I've also get to know your heard patient. that Scrubs has been the most accurate television oh. of an emergency room. Okay, well that 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 take, that gives it much more credence than me poking fun at it. So there you go. Okay, so, <laughs> so maybe not quite as ridiculous as some may have thought. Yeah. Shame on you for jumping the jumping the bush, Mister Sal. Yeah. You judged it too quickly. So anyway, now that I've blamed you for my shortcomings, we see that, that never all... happens. Never happens. Well, because I don't have many shortcomings, I blame them all on you. <laughs> so we have Locke standing over the hatch with his rope. It comes. Locke claims that he was waiting for her because he's being so cute. Oh wow. And, you know, is Locke a man of faith or what right here, right? He was waiting for her. So, uh, Since Kate is lighter, he's going in first because Locke can pull her up if need be. Mm -hmm. So uh, Kate, you know, is just about to start climbing down, but she wants to agree for their stop word. And they come to a consensus that the word stop would be an excellent stop word. Brilliant. Brilliant. Genius, quite. And, uh, you know, Locke kind of has like a... It's not like a pulley system quite, because I don't know if it makes it easier. I guess it, it adds more resistance on the rope, so I guess it makes it easier to drop her down, harder to pull her up. So, uh, because it's not like we, it's not like a pulley with wheels. It's going around the tree. That'd make it harder, right? Because the friction of the string. Yeah, yeah. Or the rope. Yeah. So, so like he's made it away, so it's easier for him to let uh, Kate down slower. Uh, but one of the trees he's kind of using in this breaks and Kate's just like, you know, that might be worried she's going to plummet down the pit, though Locke's able to get a hold of her in time or like stop the rope from uh, widely falling down mm-hmm. and asks Kate, you know, if she's okay. And Kate's like, ah, I'm okay. I just dropped the light. Maybe we should. Okay, wait, never mind then. <laughs> Because the second Locke hears that Kate's okay, he goes right back <laughs> to lowering her down, which is so... Because I love they, they, they give a they give a shot of Locke, and his face is like, 
he's all wide-eyed kind of and he's just like focusing on letting kate down slowly like he's he very much so wants to know what's down this hatch oh my gosh at at any expense any expense right and so kate can now start seeing the bottom of the hatch like she's getting pretty close she could probably fall from here and be okay mm-hmm. and she starts counting to five what does that mean so huh you remember i remember but i guess i didn't you think it was one two three four she gets to four and then she hears something going on down there and she counts it in a very similar way a very similar way to what? To when she has done it before. She's counted to five before. Yeah. Oh, do you not remember what I'm referencing? Oh, the the, the bank robbery. No, 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 no. Um, in episode one, uh, when so pilot one, like part one pilot, when Jack has Kate stitch him up, they they have a conversation, and Kate asks Jack how he doesn't panic or have terror, and like, well, Jack gives a big story and stuff but he ends it with well he talks about the person's spine and like how he was panicked but what he does whenever he's in terror is he just counts the five and he'll he'll embrace the terror for the five seconds and then he'll let it go oh okay and we've heard i think it was in that same episode that kate maybe it's the next one but kate does also do the same thing she tries the one two three four five so it's it's a callback all the way to the first episode of the series to when jack first tells her about counting to five Terror. So Kate still uses that. It looks like to kind of forgot about that. So I was wondering if you'd remember that. So okay, you do. Oh, there's a nice little tip for you. Sorry, so. sorry to disappoint you. No, 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 no. I'm not surprised at all. Not all of us can be as aware as Kate is to remember to count to five when in terror. <laughs> no, she counts to five in terror. Uh, well, no, she doesn't even get to five. She gets to four. Mm-hmm. Uh, but she hears something and yells. Uh, uh, she yells at Locke to stop and you know, tries to tell him, oh, there's something down here. But then, this is where we see that big light, the first time we see in this episode, the big light flash, like, mm-hmm. from the first time when Locke saw the hatch. Yep. Um, and then, almost like he's fishing, the rope starts getting pulled at. Yep. And then, you know, he starts pulling it back, and there's no resistance. Kate's not answering. What happened to this bait? <laughs> Kate's the bait. bait. <laughs> got oh, taken away. That's terrible. <laughs> so, so, uh, he's left without Kate. So, I mean, I, I, I kind of like, there's not much to gleam on what you think happened. You probably just thought the man down there took Kate. Yep. That's a pretty reasonable, you know, assertion of, okay, Kate has been, uh, swiped. <laughs> Meanwhile, we get a very, we get a quick look at Jack and Hurley, and it's just Jack. Uh, he's going back to the hatch. He you know gets a gun for himself, and that you know Hurley's like, well, you said you weren't going to. You know it's safe over here, right? And he's like, I've changed my mind. Going to the hatch. Yep. Uh, he gets there so very quickly. He gets there, so it's probably a bit beforehand, or we don't know when. It's only half a mile. Gets there, right. and this is strictly because of Kate, right? Pro- that's what my presumption. Is. That's what I took it as. Looking, it locks there by himself. I don't think Jack goes anywhere. No, but Kate goes. He'll go. And he see he goes there. He sees the rope. It's been tied down against the like a tree, uh, and we can kind of glean that lock probably went down that way. So Jack gets some rags on his hands, and he starts climbing down like a fireman. Yeah, so, you know, uh, I like the fact that they had him put rags on his hands. 
Did I show how he's a doctor? Yeah, well, yeah, because like surgeons take their hands very seriously. Yeah. I mean, I, I used to coach uh, volleyball, and I had a student who really wanted to play, but he also wanted to be a surgeon. And he was like, I can't mess up my hands, so I'm, I'm not going to play. So, yeah. Got to have those, um, what are they called? I don't know. Good hands. Good, good, good for Jack. Well, his hands yeah. in great shape. But I thought this was nice attention to detail. It was. It was good attention to detail. And uh, it goes down like a fireman. Uh, kind of. Whatever. It goes down the rope. Second to last flashback here. And this one seems to be the most out of place flashback. I was like, what? Where are we? When are we? For... Who is this guy? What is happening right now? So... The timeline for this is this is the night that he has performed the surgery. So he's finished performing the surgery yep. on um, Sarah. Sarah. And our next flashback will be the next morning when Sarah wakes up. So it's the night mm-hmm. after he's completed the surgery. And he's running in an empty stadium. Uh, and, you know, he's going down, going upstairs, downstairs. And then he looks over and there's some guy running up the stairs faster than him. But yep. Jack tries to keep up and it goes a little faster, harder. And falls. So this Australian fellow comes over and, uh, you know, to help him because he's seen that he's fallen. And, you know, Jack sits down and the man examines him and he's like, okay, you seem not to be sprained. Uh, that's good. Good for you, man. Uh, and he he wants to know why. Well, first of all, we also learned this man was almost a doctor. Uh-huh. And then he gets to the topic that Jack actually is a doctor. And he wants to know why Jack is running like a devil is chasing you, right? Like, why are you putting yourself through this much punishment? The man himself, uh, I get, well, I'll say, he says that at the end here. So, yeah, Desmond. Yes. Is a, calm Desmond. Desmond is training for a race around the world, is what he tells Jack. What are you doing? And Jack just says the vague answer of he's trying to work things out. But Desmond can immediately tell it's about a girl. Mm-hmm. No, wait, a patient. Ah, but a girl patient. <laughs> this entire time between Desmond and Jack's conversation, Desmond does read Jack like a book, feels like. For sure. So, uh, he he keeps questioning Jack, like, why do you punish yourself about this girl named Sarah? Mm-hmm. And Jack is upset because he made her a promise that he can't keep. You know, he said he'd fix her, but he feels that he couldn't. And at this point, he had already done the surgery, right? Granted, she hasn't woken back up yet, but he's done the surgery, and so he's yep. feeling as though he's failed. Yeah, but it's in the past. Yep. But Desmond gives him the hope of, well, what if you did fix her? But Jack is very confident he did not. Yeah. Uh, Jack does, and so Desmond asks him, uh, well, Jack comments that it would take a miracle for her uh, to be fixed up. And Desmond comments, oh, you don't believe in miracles? And Jack you know, laughs it off of, you know, miracles. Fool's gold, basically, you know. Yeah. So, yeah. so, uh, Desmond... Man of science, the man of faith, right? Man of science, man of faith, yeah, oh, definitely. This 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 episode title works pretty well. I mean, it's what we always call Jack versus Locke, but it works yep. very well here. Uh, Desmond... What's it? Desmond leaves Jack with some parting advice to lift it up. AK's ankle, but maybe also means like you know his hopes. Yeah, possibly. It's probably, I, think... I mean, there's definitely double meaning in there. 
Yeah, I mean, that's definitely what I thought he was talking about. I didn't think he was talking about the ankle. Oh, yeah. So, But he meant the ankle. So it's been nice chatting. Mm-hmm. And Jack replies, Jack, that's his name. And Desmond tells him that, you know, his name's Desmond. Good luck, brother. See you in another life, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Which this is, I guess, where Mr. Sal keyed in that this is the man. Uh, yeah. Once he said, see you in another life, I was like, whoa, wait a minute. <laughs> Wait a minute, this is the guy, isn't it? Because why are we having this conversation with this guy? Oh, yeah, definitely. This guy, be- that, that's the question. I'm like, who is this guy? And once they give us his name, I'm like, wait, you don't give us the name at the very end yep. of the flashback. You give it at the very beginning, that's fine. That's because you want us to give a name for the person. Okay. Yeah. At the very end, when it's supposed to end? No, no, no. No, I mean, yeah, exactly. So This conversation, I think, for the most part, could have been had with Christian. Yeah. You're right, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, they could have done Christian with us, and it would have built up Christian more. It's like a good yeah. uh, fatherly figure at the time. Yeah, so, so this this guy must be important, and turns out, oh, yes, he's very important. It looks like he's important. We don't really quite know. <laughs> but no, yeah, he's important. So uh, we're back at the bottom of the hatch, and I know, Mr. Sal, you are, you are excited. So you figured out uh, Desmond's in the hatch, but you are, you are excited to see what Jack's going to find in the hatch. Oh, yeah. Right. Yes. Wait. And he goes down, and it's not quite what you saw in the beginning. And we know that there's some obfuscation from where Desmond was in the beginning because he looked through some mirrors through his telescope. Like there's, there's more to the hatch or the bunker. I guess I'll call it now that we're at the bottom of it in the mm-hmm. bunker than just that nice love. There's all this other stuff. It's huge. It is very big. I wonder how they maybe they took a cave. I wonder how they got this bunker down here. They built the island around the bunker. Oh, interesting. So, <laughs> anyway. Uh, Jack's there, uh, and you look at the mirror, and he starts walking down the corridor with a flash. And I wonder if you caught everything here. Not everything. Well, it's, it's mostly one thing. So, I saw a lot of pipes. I saw a lot of electricity. Like, lights. Mm-hmm. Electric lights. Light, literally electric lights, pipes, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So there's like a whole sewage system here. There's a whole electrical system here. Uh, I saw this wall of graffiti and I tried to make some sense of it, but I had a little trouble. I know I saw there was a sun and within the sun was the number 108. Um, There's the number 10 somewhere else. There were some houses and I did see the number 42 on the wall. 42. Mm -hmm. But that's the only one I saw. You couldn't couldn't make sense of 108. So before he sees that mural... He's, he, uh, oh, he does take out his gun during this. He sees some shoes. I don't know if they're like locks or someone else's, but he sees the shoes. I don't know if that's of importance. But the number 108, Mr. Sal, this is a new number you should add to your numbers to look out for. Ooh. And why is that, though? Uh, I'll see if you can, just just for me saying that, if maybe you'll catch on to it. Uh, the number of people who originally started with this guy? No. It's the sum of all the numbers. Get right out of town. <laughs> You're telling me you can add the numbers? I don't even think we'll do an arithmetic with the numbers. I mean, you told me that you can do math with them. Yes, you can. So the sum of all the numbers, if you want to take out a calculator. I'm, I'm doing it right now. Okay. <laughs> so I was like, I don't know about this, chief. So while you do that... Um, so yes, that that went away in the middle of that graffiti is the sum of the numbers. All right, then I I have the numbers wrong. Is it not? Is oh, twenty three, not twenty four. Yeah. Okay. Were you off by one? Were you one or nine? Off by one. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, 
Wow. Okay. Interesting, isn't it? Yes. Very interesting. So I do enjoy the numbers. There is there's some arithmetic that can be done with the numbers, and 108 is I think just as significant as any of the numbers because it's also you know it's the summation or it's the sum of all the numbers. So yeah, there you go. Now that I'm thinking about it, it was inside the sun. I wonder if the sun had six, like, what do you call those flares coming off of it? Oh, like if it's some sort of like a solar flare stuff. No, you know how when you draw a sun, you don't usually just draw a circle. You draw like the triangles that go with it. If you're talented, yeah. I mean, my kindergartner does this. Okay. Just, just <laughs> not throw shade at me. Why not? Just throw shade at me, or say your kindergartner is a really good drawer. Not seeing that at all. Like kindergartners and potential Picasso. Yeah, potential Picasso here. You just never know, but but no, I wonder if there were six of those. Huh. I, don't, I don't really know. I, I, I'm not really quite sure if there was, but one six, being, six being one for each number. One for each number, yeah. But it is the summation of all the numbers. So. I'm glad you caught the number. I did. You should know the relevance of it, but there you go. It, is a, it, it does call back to the numbers. So sometimes they use 108 to kind of a shorthand all the numbers. Right. Because they can't always put all the numbers, obviously. No, I should say obviously, but they can't always put all the numbers, so they'll use one away, which kind of signifies all the numbers. Right. Think of it as, yeah, it's literally just shorthand for the numbers. So, uh, while he's looking around, he gets close to the wall, and there's kind of like a crack, and he sees like a black uh, metallic object, and the the case key he keeps around his neck Yeah. Starts starts, you know, hovering up towards it. So I'm not a, you know, I'm not a physics teacher. I don't, you know, I'm not and all this stuff, but this is a uh, probably some sort of magnet. It seems like seen a that way. pretty strong magnet. So, I'm going to ask you the question, how does a magnet work? How, uh, well, it depends on whether it's a permanent magnet or an electric magnet. How does a permanent magnet work? Uh, well, just all of the uh, electrons happen to be spinning in the same direction, and it has to have uh, iron, nickel, or cobalt. Why does that attract the key? Because the key is made of iron or steel, and, and the electrons are aligning on uh, it as well, so it's that doesn't make sense though. Okay. What if my electrons line up with that? Why not? Why am I not attracted? Can there be a human magnet? There is, and for Mr. Sal, her name is Nora Durst. So anyway. There you go. Got... <laughs> That's she's a human lens, not a human magnet. Okay, there you go, lens. You watch Leftovers podcast. Long story and, short, and Leftovers itself. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, it was just a podcast. I'm sure that's well enough. <laughs> yeah. In fact, why even bother with the show? Overrated, <laughs> if you ask me. No. Watch- podcast though, underrated. <laughs> uh, no. TV show is good. Pretty good. It's okay. Uh, we. <laughs> it's the goat. There's there's a powerful magnet. We could infer there's a powerful magnet. Whether it's a permanent magnet, electromagnet, we don't actually no but the mirrors move which to yeah. we hear the magnets move and you know there's still lights in the room but the magnets move we don't or jack doesn't know what that really signifies all that much i mean the mirror's moving we know that means he's probably being watched if the mirrors are moving absolutely yeah so so and i love that so much of just like the the security system of this area are moving mirrors yeah that's and, Cause it really it it's such a cause 
they show it once. They only ever show it like that one time to showcase he's looking through it. But from that, we just know that okay, that's his security system, and there you go. It it, it works great here. So, but here's here's the thing. If I set up a series of mirrors so that I can look in, uh, so that I can see you, if you look in the mirror, can't you see me too? You can, but here's why I think he has the telescope because I think the image gets so small on the mirror. It goes through so many mirrors. Correct, yes. That you can't actually see him. I mean, I assumed this mirror was relatively close. Oh, I so I took it because he doesn't come for him instantly because Jack manages to walk into this dome room. And all this other stuff. So I, I presumed he was back where the telescope was, and was looking through it. He's Jack clearly knows where Jack is, sees where he's heading, and heads over there. Okay. But okay, I see what you mean. Maybe he's not. But I'm gonna I, go with what I said. I thought he was further in. But... but also, also being closer to the mirror would let you see into it better. And Jack's pretty far away, so that could also be the case. Maybe he could have if you got closer to the mirror. Like maybe it obviously maybe it goes through three mirrors, and so like if he had gone closer, he could see it, but he didn't know to look. Okay. But, yeah. So how come you quizzed me on magnetism? Like. Oh, I was curious how magnets work. Okay. So I still understand why I still don't understand how magnets work. To be quite honest, like I, I've heard that like the electron spin was like, but why just steel or not steel? I mean, but iron. Metal. Why? 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 Why do these things magnet? What else has magnet? One other metal, right? Iron, nickel, cobalt. Cobalt, there you go. Why these? Anyway. Um, that's chemistry for you. The, I guess it's more physics. Eh, kind of. No, it's chemistry. Eh. It's eh, both. It, scientific, scientific exceptions. That's what we'll say. Yeah, the lines are very blurry. <laughs> good physics and chemistry. Hey, what's with the shoe in the tunnel? Did you... Did you yeah, know? yeah, yeah. When the two brown shoes there. Yeah, I, I made note of that. I don't know what the shoes are about. By, I don't know who I don't know if those are supposed to be Locke's shoes or if those are supposed to be um Desmond shoes, but they're shoes or Kate's or Kate's they look like male shoes though, but it could be Kate's. They could be they could be like a more like outdoorsy shoes. I could see women wearing them. I just kind of presumed they were male shoes based on the look, but they could be. Sexist. I can't quite. Well, I can't quite remember. How they look. In fact, you know, I'm gonna go back on the point saying they probably were male shoes. So I'm gonna stand on that proudly. Yeah. But, um, so, uh, the, what's a he's being watched, and then the music plays, right? Right, the same as what was on the phonograph in the beginning. Early, yep. And bright lights turn on, and we see Jack, and he's looking around, and he enters this dome area with, you know, this super old computer and electronics, like, and like, this, I mean, I think the computer setup itself is, like, those massive... Um, I don't want like hardware that's like, I mean, combined probably weighs more than Jack, and it's like definitely takes up more space than Jack, which is really oh big. yeah, takes up yeah. the whole room. Like this is, this is why I say this feels like it's set in the late seventies. Yeah, super super old setup here, and we see the terminal early like this uh, the same looking terminal, uh, the keyboard with the execute button right, and mm-hmm. he's looking around. He looks at the electronic. And he he goes to type. I think he even goes to press the enter, execute button. He does actually go to press the execute button, and then locks there at the doorway and warns him not to. And yeah. so for a brief moment here, right? Because Jack's also fooled for a brief moment. Uh, he points the gun at Locke and 
you know, starts demanding where Kate is. Basically demanding from Locke where Kate is, right? Like, right. he doesn't realize he's a hostage. How did you feel in this moment? Like, did you think Locke, Locke, Locke something deeper? Like, did you think Locke was a hostage? Yeah. Okay, so you you, you, you die. And then, very quickly, yeah, we see just a anonymous, quote-unquote, arm come out and hold the gun uh, to Locke. So, uh, learning a bit more about the hatch. I I would say. Okay, you're learning quite a bit. You're seeing quite a bit. You'll learn what more next this, episode. What is this symbol? This greater than colon symbol it looks like a really very frowny face. Uh, I think it's just like how the. I think it's just the like uh, the limit like showcase where you start typing. I don't think it means anything. Okay. I've seen. Yeah. I think it's a face. Now nowadays a lot of like terminal. Whenever I do terminal stuff, sometimes. I would like I've never that that's not yeah that's not that's, I don't think that's nothing to read into I don't think it's a face that's just where you're supposed to start typing okay it's not a I think that's what it typically is I mean some terminals have nothing it's just a blank but yeah I was gonna say that's not what it is in DOS wow yeah DOS you've used, oh when have you used DOS I've had well, to use DOS but I'd make like we had like a tank game I had to do with like DOS that only ran in DOS my first computer, when it started up, it was a DOS menu, and you had to like type in the right sequence in order to access like any clickable menu. Oh, okay. Yeah. Congratulations. Okay, I'm. Uh, and I congratulate you a lot. You never congratulate me. Moving on. Um. You win. Congratulations. Thank you. So, uh, you always gotta, you always gotta be positive. Um. Okay. Thank you. Uh, so we, we're here at the final flashback. Uh, Sarah has awoken from her surgery from the day prior. Uh, Jack really smells. Uh, went for a run. We learned that the run's called like a Tour de Stade. I thought it was Tour de Stade. Tour de Stade. He's trying to run every step of the stadium stairs uh, because he's quote unquote intense, but he hurt his ankle. Uh, Rookie mistake. Rookie mistake. I mean, it's not that hard, man. <laughs> it's pretty hard, actually. Uh, Sarah asks her about her, her fiancé, Kevin. Uh, mm. But, you know, he's not there. I'm sure. I'm sure he'll be back. Oh, well. Oof. Nah. Uh, no, it doesn't look like so. And um, Sarah wants to know how it went. And Jack, you know, breaks the news to her and what he feels, you know, is the truth of, you know, he says the damage... Her back was extensive. He did everything he could, but he could not repair her spinal cord. Uh, yeah. She's going to be paralyzed from the waist down for the rest of her life. And Jack seems really sad, right? That is, you know, very uh, yeah, just sad. He's not really crying, but he's on the brink yep. of crying. Maybe he is. But Sarah feels that he's yanking her chain because she can wiggle her toes. And, yeah. and Jack gets up and does, like, the doctor pen testing to see if she has feeling. And Sarah does that feeling, and they both weep. What a little yeah. miracle. Have a good cry together. Have a good cry. More more tears than when she cried for a, a stranger that died. Yeah. I and mean, why is Jack so emotional about this, I wonder? Like why not not the fact that she recovered. Like that I get. Why is he so emotional about the fact that it didn't work? Is it just because he made her a promise? I think it's because he made her the promise, yeah. Now he's let her down. I, I, that's what I thought was the big reason why he was um okay because I don't 
I didn't notice a huge attachment before this. Yeah, well, I, I think yeah, I think it's the combination with the miracle and he, because he, he, it really got to him the fact that he lied, what, what he felt was a lie to this person, because like you know we saw him you know running like the devil in the or running from the devil in the stadium right. and you know really punishing himself because he felt bad for lying. So I think it was, I think it was more, well, it was definitely not a cry of sadness. It was a cry of joy and relief. So yeah, I, I don't. I wonder how common it is for doctors to cry. Basically, Jack cried because he turned out to be right. That must be the most satisfying cry ever. Tears before that, so yeah. you know he he was crying. He cried more when he found out he was right than when he was wrong. That's all I want to say. Ah. <laughs> okay. He's more happy that he was right than sad when he was wrong. <laughs> no, nah, anyway. Uh, but that's the end of the flashbacks. Do you want to talk about anything? These flashbacks are all really great. I don't think there's any one scene I dislike from the flashbacks. No, I really enjoyed the flashbacks. I, I, I mean, I, I, I really enjoyed seeing how his personality uh, has carried over onto the island. How he's still really bad at giving people hope, and he's. And, and he still struggles with when he should and when he should not mm-hmm. like that, that struggle for him is, is ever present. Like do, yeah. do I give hope or do I give, make it, keep it real. Mm-hmm. And uh-huh. it also, like I said, it makes me appreciate the flashbacks in do no harm more he does. I, I, like I said, age is like a fine wine, right? The more Jack yeah. flashback, more Jack flashbacks you get, it makes them all better. That's right. Yeah. It, 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 they raise their level uh, as a unit. I, I bet now, I don't know if the first uh, White Rabbit would still be as good, but I think it would definitely give more credence to them. All, all good cowboys or all great cowboys, whichever, have a daddy issues. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. It, they're good. Fourth, yeah. fourth Jack Bottle episode, and each one is better than the last. So. Yeah, for sure. Doing great. So, um, well, here we're at the present time, right? Jack and this stranger that no one could identify, uh, are kind of they're not eye to eye, but he has Locke hostage. We can't see who he is. Yeah. And the stranger, you kind of tell he's trying to hide his accent or like the voice the way he talks. He's like, I don't know, it feels like he is, maybe because he's just yelling. But, you know, he yell, he warns Jack if he moves, he'll kill Locke and to put the gun down. Uh, just Jack, for the record, you, you're staking the claim that this is a, an Australian accent. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Either it's Australian or it's British. Yeah, I, I wasn't sure if it was Australian or British, but you said that it, there was a heavy... In, here. in fact, actually, I think it's, it might be British now that I think about it. Actually, I was totally British. <laughs> I've always thought of him as Australian, but now that I think about it, that is totally a British accent. I, I think he's British, too. That's totally a British accent. I was coming from, but you know what? I, that's a doubt. No. Yeah. Let's, let's take it. Let's take Give me my one here. Yeah, yeah. Read accent stuff here. Not Australian. Totally British. Now that we've got that sorted out, okay. Charlie's not the only British person on the island. Ah. Uh, 
back we go. Uh, so the British person, uh, British stranger, is uh, you know, he's demanding Jack to put down his gun. Jack does question where Kate is, but the stranger and Locke tell him to put down his gun. Uh, and Locke is also surprisingly calm for the situation. I mean, I guess this is his destiny. Yeah, it just is what it is. He's he's confident. So uh, the guy the guy fires a warning shot at Jack, and then questions, you know, do you want him to die? Him being Locke, and uh. Jack Jack kind of takes this with a bit of humor. I feel like he's like, I, there's a bit of Jack that's like, I kind of do want him to die. Oh, for sure. He, yeah. he kind of laughed about it, and he poked fun again at Locke's destiny. <laughs> uh, and right as he pokes fun at his destiny, uh, the stranger repeats himself for Jack to lower his gun, and he reveals himself as he gets behind Locke, and we can Jack can uh, remember who it is. It is Desmond, the person yeah, he saw. His brother. Huh? He also calls Jack brother. Oh, you're right. Yeah, like he had been doing it at the stadium, he kept calling him brother. Uh, he called him brother. And Jack can clearly see his face. It is Desmond, the guy he spoke with at the stadium. So. Delicious. I wonder how. I, what Desmond's storyline is here to end up here and what, what what's going to happen with that whole uh, fiasco. Because that's some, that's some interesting stuff. Yeah, definitely. I, I mean. I all kinds of questions racing through my head now. Did did Desmond and Jack? Did Desmond know that he was going to see Jack on this island? Like, did did Desmond set this up? Is is he like um? Yeah, like, is is he a puppet master? Is he yeah. just part of some other pawn in a cog? Did he know all the way back in the stadium what was going to happen when he said that ending oh. line? Like, what? A lot of yeah. There's a lot of questions to be had with Desmond. Uh, you will get more answers. Yeah. Even next episode. You, uh, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna, so normally I tell you what bottle episode it's gonna be for the next episode. Yeah, I, I actually don't know. All I know is the title is Adrift. I'll, I'm still gonna tell you, but I'm not gonna tell you every one. Uh, just, just because. Some of them I don't want you to know. I still want to tell you, but so I, this one I will tell you. It is Michael. Idol episode. Oh, good. Ooh, you yeah. more about Michael. I know you like Michael. You're going to like this one. Uh, so we get to see the survivors and how they're doing on the raft. Well, I guess what's left of the raft. I should more say how the raft got blown up. We'll see how the, the water boys are doing. And we're still going to see stuff regarding uh, the hash. So we're not just going to like um, blank that. Yeah. They're not going to ghost us. Well, hmm. I don't want to. I don't want to get your hopes up too much so they don't just ghost us. Uh, you know, honestly, if if it's if it's all the raft, I could live with that. I'm not. I'm not gonna. I'm. I'm not gonna I, hope hype you up too much here, but I think you'll like next episode. Okay. Maybe even more than this episode. Ooh. I, but so maybe not. One of the things that I've always complained about with Lost is that they just abandoned the previous storyline in the next episode, uh, and I think I'm getting better at getting over that <laughs> that's good but also in terms of well it depends how they go about abandoning the storyline right like if they abandon the storyline and there's a clear-cut reason why that storyline is not involved in the next one yeah like, they, like for example if they just talk about the raft people 
I would be okay with them abandoning the storyline. Oh, because yeah. With the raft people. Yeah, if, if, if this is just raft, fine by me. Especially this early in the season. Like, they can do anything they want in episode two, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. If they could, they could have it be an entirely flashback episode, I'd be fine with it. Like, so. But, uh, you're going to um, no, you'll like you'll like the next episode, and it's not it's not all about Raft. You will get some more. You'll get more on the hatch. It's very hard for me to accept that this might be my favorite episode, and Sawyer isn't in it. Mm-hmm. I know. I thought I thought I was excited here because I thought you'd really like this episode. I I knew from the finale the way your complaints were. Yeah. You were gonna love this episode because I remember the introduction to this episode with the you know, the hatch and why not. Yeah, uh, I'm glad you liked it. I'm also glad that we do the the recaps in between because it gives more space in between season one and season two or season three and season four or whatever uh, so that the, the seasons are more clearly distinguishable. So I like that mm-hmm. because normally you'd have to wait, you know, about four months between season one and season two. Yeah. So uh, I'm trying to think of something else too much special. So next episode, Adrift. Uh, Michael episode. Uh, not much to go on past that that I'm really gonna share. The season season wise, it's like the same number of episodes. Uh, I think one less. Shorter. Yeah, one less. Yeah, no. They have a two parter pilot, and only a two parter finale. So, yeah, I, I it's uh, it's gonna be a good time for all. I'm sure everyone's gonna enjoy themselves on the island. It's like a vacation getaway. The raft's gonna go, gonna save them, and they'll be good to go. And now they've got um some nice uh I don't know what they're this is guys going pretty downhill quick. It feels like things are things are <laughs> ramping up. And, yeah. Uh, every episode seems it seems just to be constantly trying to tread water. So. Yeah. The honey the honeymoon seems to be over. Uh, it doesn't feel like we're gonna get any more episodes that end with like Saeed tossing an apple to Sawyer and giving him giving him a nod and Hurley listening to his disc man and yeah, it, seems- it seems like things have been in full swing like, ever since uh, Boone's uh, injury. Things have been set in motion, and boy has motion been going on. Yeah, it's true. So it is true. Uh, anything else you want to say? Uh, no, like I say, this 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 made me like uh, appreciate Jack's character a lot more. Uh, I love what's going on with this hatch. Uh, I love the dynamic between Jack and Locke. I love seeing Jack struggle with the same stuff he struggled with as a doctor in a completely different setting. Um, I, yeah, it's, 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 this is good stuff. I, I, I like seeing... Uh, I like wondering whether Kate went with Locke because she's trying to hide or because she felt it was the right thing to do. You know, I, I, I love, I love that uh, Hurley spilled his guts to, to Jack and all Jack got out of it was you were in a psych ward. I know that is cold. Because, I mean, it's, first of all, it's cold, but second of all, it's, it's the illustration of man of science, man of faith. You know, if he told that to Locke, Locke would be just lapping it up. You know, it would be. Locke's taking notes. Oh yeah. Ask it for more. Wait. Oh yeah. Oh, tell me more. Yeah, exactly. Where'd you buy with that money? A box company. What box yeah. company? Here yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Whereas he tells it to Jack. Jack thinks he's delusional and crazy. So, you know, Jack's looking for the scientific explanation, and Locke is looking for the spiritual ex- explanation. And uh, I love that. I, I actually hope that 
someday Hurley does say that to Locke. <laughs> so. You know what I, I was wondering, though? What? So Desmond is in here. He's, he's quarantined or whatever. Like that, and that ladder's broken. Like, is he, is he, was he stuck in there? Yeah. Uh, so I was going to ask you, uh, what's the question? <laughs> that was one of the questions is, is Desmond there by choice? Right. You know what? Like, but, but that kind of goes on the bigger question of why is Desmond there? But uh, do you think he's there by choice? Uh, I, th- I don't think he's there by choice. <laughs> uh, I, I think either he was forced by a group of people to quarantine in there. Or he is quarantining from them. You know, I wonder, you know, the word quarantine makes me wonder if this has something to do with the sickness that Danielle always talks about. Oh, okay. Danielle, yeah, that's a character. <laughs> that was on the last season. I wonder if we'll see more of her. I mean, I would assume at some point we will. I, I don't uh, know when, or I don't know if it'll be right away, but. I'm just how confident that Danielle will make another appearance. In next episode, you guys heard it here first. Uh, oh, okay. Never mind. Not so confident. Funny how confidence wanes when you're. Uh, I would be very happy if Walt makes an appearance in the next episode. I have no, no hope for Danielle making an appearance in the next episode. <laughs> they they met their Danielle quota. Yeah, it would not surprise me at all if if the only if we don't even see Walt in the next episode. I I, I hope we do, but it won't surprise me at all if we don't. Yeah. Yeah, barring some flashback. It is Michael's flashback, but... Uh, but, I mean, and, how much more are we going to see of Michael with Walt in a flashback? I mean, we, we saw him basically meeting Walt. I know. I mean, we saw, we saw next day, kid Walt. Plane. Like, when baby Walt came to fruition, there was... Yeah, when the day he met uh, kid Walt, so... Yeah, they, they crashed a plane. So... So I I don't know how much more we're gonna get of Michael Walt together in flashback. Mm-hmm. That would actually surprise me quite a bit. Okay. Well, we'll have to see. Um. Well, thank you everyone for listening to the Show Operas podcast. Uh, next week Thursday. Uh, the season two episode two of Lost uh, Adrift will be out. Uh, if you enjoyed listening, give us a subscribe. Five stars is always appreciated. If you want to contact us, shopperspodcast at gmail.com. This is a great email that you could try to do so at. Mr. Sal, mm. what's three plus four? Seven. <laughs>